Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. The Porcupine with Adam Nutter. What's up, everyone? Welcome to The Porcupine. I am Adam Nutter, your host. How are you guys? I uh, hope you're always doing well tonight. Uh, real quick, oh, tonight we're doing the LPPA chair candidate Q and A. Uh, so I'm gonna ask some questions. Uh, we're gonna feel some questions from the fucking chat. We'll see how that goes. Probably chaos. Hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> be fun. Either way, it's gonna be fun. So we feel some questions. I'll ask some questions. They'll ask questions to each other. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Real quick, uh, for me, uh, follow me at Adam Nutter on all stuff. Follow the Porcupine uh, YouTube.com/slash Adam Nutter if you're not already following. Hit the subscribe, hit the like, follow, rate, and review, all that shit. I'm on all audio platforms. Uh, as far as comedy, uh, we'll, oh, I'll be at the fucking LPPA convention March 4th, <laughs> the Friday night, uh, 6.30. Uh, it's me, myself, Neil Wood, and Blaze Gakis is hosting. And then I'll be opening up again for Tom uh, Woods and Dave Smith like an hour later across the street, I think. <laughs> or I don't even know. It's like detached. So coming out, uh, tw uh, $20 for those tickets, lppa.org slash convention or droptent.com slash events. After that, March 12th, back at the pop-in at Chalfont, Pennsylvania. Uh, two shows, Robbie Bernstein's headlining for all you out there. So coming out to that show. Uh, again, tickets up up on sale right now, droptent.com slash events. Robbie Bernstein, two shows, 7 and 9.30. And then uh, I'll be up in New Hampshire at the Shell uh, April 30th. Coming out, headlining that room to be fun. So come on out. And if you guys are so inclined to, uh, buy some fucking merch. Yeah. <laughs> buy your porcupine shirt in white or in black. Because Mark Bazzacco is like, I can't buy it in white because I'm a fucking disgusting mess and I'll get sauce on it. So here you go, Mark. It's in black. Buy your fucking shirt. And then, of course, uh, art from Top Lobster himself. You just obey your local Nutter shirt. Go on out. Get it. Uh, all right, enough fucking pimping myself out. Guys, I'm bringing on everybody now. Uh, introducing first, Mr. Rob Calburn, Mr. John Waldenberger, and Mrs. Christine Kausler-Womack. What's up, Jensen lady? Hello. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> hey. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having us. I'm good. Excellent. How are you guys? Of course, of course. Uh, so, of course, the three, as, as far as we are live right now, people running for chair of LPPA Canada. I look like I have fucking tits in the shirt, by the way. That's not cool. I just noticed that. It's crazy. I, I don't, wasn't, wasn't going to say anything, Adam. I don't, but I do, right? That's, you look like a buxom girl. I just yeah. want to show you guys. Join the club, Adam. It's just a shirt. It's just a shirt. <laughs> I have them all the time in a I'm shirt. I'm going to zip so up. Not <laughs> to me. I look like I have boobies. <laughs> Is this what chicks with big tits feels like? I have to, I have to fucking cover up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I see you looking, oh motherfuckers. I don't have tits. It's just I don't know why it's the camera. Oh, whatever. All right, you guys are all running for chair. That's why I'm putting your shoulder up right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I just gotta move my camera down. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna go around the room and uh, I'm gonna ask everybody um, why the fuck you want to do that. So Rob, first up, why do you want to run for chair? Well, I think that I have a, a particular set of experience and skills that would make me um, uh, right for the job here. I'm an attorney by trade, so I practice in the rules of procedure, um, and I think that that's something that we've been lacking at the chair position. I think it's a very misunderstood position. Uh, really, if we're doing the chair position right, it's really like a hall monitor, and uh, none of the credit really should get to go to the chair. The only job that I think that it, it does is is 
uh, run a, a, a smooth and efficient meeting and, and make sure that the, co the committees are on task. So with what I know about the rules of procedure, I think I can bring those to the Robert's Rules of Order and give us a nice, smooth running meeting. Fair. Good job, Rob. Um, John? Yeah, I mean, I, I do kind of agree with Rob. You know, I, I think that the role of the chair, uh, you know, uh, should, uh, you know, kind of like help guide things along. But there are times that the chair needs to put their thumb down. Um, you know, especially when we get meetings going for seven or eight hours, uh, you know, as they have been the last couple of months, uh, the chair's got to put their foot down and say, hey, guess what? <laughs> Time to squash this out and let's get actual shit done. And um, I think I can, uh, I, I've been, I've been able to do that. I've done that, you know, with the last couple counties that I've uh, helped chair and I think I can get that and make that happen. <laughs> All right. Under the thumb, uh, goof. Christine? Um, I decided to run for chair because I wanted to continue the momentum that we had in 2021. I mean, we had 176 libertarians elected. 14 of them were in New York County. We had the uh, largest number right here in New York County. So we're really proud of that. And I believe I've, you know, significant experience uh, having been the state manager for Joe Jorgensen's campaign. I've proven that I can work with people from all backgrounds. Um, to get work done to forward the liberty movement. I am very familiar with Roberts. I've been utilizing it in my life for the last 20 plus years <laughs> because of stuff I did when I was a teenager. I was running meetings at 15 with Roberts rules. So I think I can do that at 35. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I've been the vice chair before in New York County. I've and the community organizer. I'm really good at getting media outlets to come out. I've been um, showcased on a bunch, interviewed, and I, that's the exposure we need for the party. And to kind of mimic what these guys said, you know, the chair is an administrative role, in my opinion. Um, we are there to set the agenda, to run the meeting, to make sure that there's decorum. But at the end of the day, it's the bod that rules the, the will of the board meeting and to allow the board to have that vote and to have that voice and that no one is voices squandered um, is the, the purpose and the role of the chair. And I uh, believe that I can uphold that. So that's why I decided to run for chair. All right. Uh, I guess the big question that I've, I've already got a bunch of DMS for, from this, <laughs> for this debate, that's the base. It's a Q and A. It's not really a debate, right? It's a Q and A, but like I've got a bunch of DMS and I, I'll say the most I got were this. Obviously, there's a, a big division in the party. Obviously, in the state party itself, people from outside the state party are very well aware of what the fuck's going on here in PA, okay? It's not a secret. It's not like people are like, PA's all cool, and they and they fucking roast marshmallows and hold hands. Like, people get it. People know. Um, so their question was, especially we have different representations of caucuses here, how will each of you guys uh bridge the gap or will, are you willing to work with everybody you know if you win how will you make sure or make people feel safe uh, not safe but like you know like a welcome to the party uh and i follow up after that but rob you first well i don't want to go first every time once you let one of them go oh first. yeah true that's fair uh christine um well, I am caucus agnostic. I have the philosophy that I will work with anyone who wants to get work done. 
I have members of different caucuses on my campaign teams. Um, Greg Deal has just signed on to be the treasurer for Nicole's campaign. Uh, Kareem is on Joe's. You know, I work with a bunch of people in a different variety of uh, areas. And I think the proof is in the pudding when you look at the Jorgensen campaign and you look at the different variety of people that were on it and how successful we were in Pennsylvania with getting minor party status. Uh, you know, Sam, Rob and I were the lead here in the state and we were able to, to organize and encourage people to work together despite having some differences on how they feel about Jorgensen or Cohen. And, um, and I think that that's the way we do it. We find that common ground, that commonality, and we build off of that. We need a foundation first um, to build off of and work from there. We're not going to agree on everything 100%. We're libertarians, you know, but the core of everything um, we, you know, do agree on, you know, we don't want government intruding in our life. We want to reduce or eliminate taxes. You know, we want body anomaly, uh, an anonymity. Autonomy. You know, thank you. Um, you know, <laughs> those are the things that we can kind of, I believe, all kind of agree on. And, you know, there are specifics when you break it down. But as long as we, we're standing up together with that and putting up candidates with good messaging and, and we're all kind of standing behind them, that's what's going to help us bring together when we realize that we're all different, but we all have some common goals. Uh, no, that's that's fair for sure. I mean, again, not everyone's going to agree on everything. Uh, and Christine, not to hold you against the fire as opposed to anybody else, but a fair question was brought up to me a few times actually in DMs. And it's again, I'm being fair. I have, to, I, like I have to address it. Last year's convention, mm -hmm. after the convention was leaving and the Mises bus was leaving, you were flipping off the Mises bus. <laughs> so I, people, I, I will acknowledge that I 100% yeah, so did. People, so, people ask, so people mm -hmm. ask, like, how, you know, how they feel, like, you know, how can we trust her after seeing that with their own eyes? It's not even hearsay. So that's, a fair question, I think, and it needs yeah. to be addressed. I, w I will absolutely address that. I addressed it in Westmoreland. You know, I 100% did, and it was a poor judgment. But, um, you know, when you look back at what happened that weekend, we got nothing done. I spent a lot of time and my own money to work on those fundraisers, and people who committed to, the, to participate in those fundraisers backed out. And so I was left trying to figure out a way to raise money for the party, despite, you know, three, four people of leadership. Um, of, of a certain caucus um, backing out at the very last minute. And then when I got someone to fulfill that role, Nick Sorark, um, I was I was demonized for utilizing his services and his willingness to help us raise money for the state party. You know, so when I was on the turnpike, I saw something that symbolized something that caused me a lot of strife that weekend. Um, it cost me a lot of my own money. And from the privacy of my own car, instead of going up in someone's face and possibly violating the nap or what have you, from the, the privacy of my own car, I did what I do when I see a car that looks like my husband's, ex-husband's. Uh, you know, I there's no way to know that I know I didn't like write down the license plate of that bus. It was a tour bus that symbolized something that caused me strife that weekend. And, uh, and it was a poor, mis it was a poor, uh, judgment call. And I acknowledge that. And I, you know, if that's what you have for me attacking Mises, um, in the last year, then I acknowledge that, you know, but I work with people every day. There are people who attacked me at convention and I still voted to include them on committees that I work on, um, you know, despite our differences. And I think that that's proof that I'm willing to work with anyone who wants to do the work. So yes, at convention, I I for sure did it. And it wasn't like a full moon. I, I know everyone like keep, keep saying that, but it was like, like 
it was that it wasn't like like you know like a machine gun <laughs> it was it was me frustrated sitting in a car knowing that i'm going to drive 4 hours home after such a chaotic and and mentally draining weekend and i processed and vented in a way that i thought was healthy because i didn't know who was in that bus and i didn't know if they were even watching I'm going to just say it would have been pretty cool if you were like rapid fire. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <be> like, ah, <laughs> <fuck it." laughs> well, I, uh, I own up to my mistakes. I'm not perfect. I'm human and I have emotions. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you answering the question, honestly, and not avoiding it at least. And that, that's, that's honest. And that's all I could ask for. Uh, if people, you know, I can't judge people how they take that, but I appreciate the honesty. So that's, that's, that's cool. Uh, John. First question I asked Christine <laughs> about the uh, what was the question <laughs> about the divide, right? Yeah, yes. I mean, listen, it's politics. You know, we all have uh, different ideas of how we want to do things and how to get it done. And you know, yeah, there's going to be room for disagreement, and disagreement's healthy. It's it bridges uh, opportunity and a way for us to, um, you know come up with new ideas and better ideas. I think right now what we're experiencing is just growing pains. Uh, we've grown more rapidly than we have in the last 50 years, but just within the last two or three years. And, you know, there I, I can't say that there's any single group or person that's responsible for that. It's just people finally seeing the bullshit and getting sick of it and, you know, saying, hey, there is this other option. What the hell? Let's give them a shot, you know? And, you know, so, yeah, we're going to have these different caucuses and different uh, trains of thought. And I think the best thing to do is actually talk shit out. I mean, yeah, yeah. Come on. You and I have gotten in on, on the social media flame wars. <laughs> um, we all have. And, you know, I, I think, you know, as, you know, we get to do more things in person again, too, I think we're going to be able to start actually coming together and uh, finding ways. But, um it takes, you know, more than one person to step up and say enough of this bullshit. And uh, not to throw Christine under the bus, but Christine, I, I, I kind of had the same frustrations as you at the end of the convention last time. Um, you know, that I, I didn't like that, you know, a lot of people left. You had this big fundraiser plan. Uh, I got yelled at by someone because I kazooed one of the buses. Uh, I think it was on Sunday. Um I just walked by and I was getting my stuff and I you know had a kazoo in my pocket. I'm like, yeah, we have played the the Imperial Death March and this guy came up and yelled at me. <laughs> what, what do you think this accomplishes? Sorry, man, I'm frustrated. I'm relieving stress. We all have stress, and politics is stressful. You know, it as long as it's a productive and you know positive way to relieve it. Who cares how? someone's relieving it you know as long as they're not shoving someone in front of a literal bus i mean who cares you know yeah uh by the way guys i there are literally like fucking 50 questions in this chat <laughs> so <laughs> so after i ask rob the same fucking follow-up question uh i'm gonna get to some of these questions because i have to backtrack so far <laughs> so, so, so i should yeah we're gonna have to might do this in like breaks and stuff so okay yeah. rob same question to for, for you Right on, right on. Well, I think both Christine and John bring up some really good points about the the ways that you know unity can go about happening in this. But I've got a plan that that I think 
can can help us with these growing pains because john i think you're right i think it is a lot of these things we're seeing are growing pains you know we're taking a step up from jv into the into you know trying to be a big leagues in this and people are really looking at us we've got christine as you said all of these elections that have just happened and we've got the, the eyes are on us the eyes are on us now to either succeed or fail and i think that we can if we get a couple of things right we can really go forward in the right direction what i think a you know the biggest thing that we can do to help uh, foster some some teamwork and, and get some of this animosity out is get as much business out of the state board party uh, go uh, the state board meetings as we can two ways i think that we can do this are one heavily focusing on our committees you know commit our committees are meeting all month long christine is in probably the most productive committee that that there is the membership committee what they're doing is they meet regularly they get things done they they have their own procedures and they're working well i think if we follow this model with a lot of the other committees we can take a lot of the, the decisive business out of the board meeting because here's what's happening. We're already at, I think it's about 47 counties recognized somewhere like that, but we have 67 counties. So we have potentially 67 different voices plus all of our standing committees in the XCOM. If we're, if we're debating all of these issues at uh, the state board meetings, we're at, you know, 60, 70 people chirping in on every single issue and we're never going to get anything done. So if we understand our committees and properly delegating to them and we have them reporting to us every month and then just at the end of their reports, they give us their ask. And that's all that the board needs to vote on up or down is, is on their ask. Then I think that we've accomplished a lot. A lot of the stuff that is on the agenda for the next meeting could be in the committees and they just make their proposal to us at the next meeting and we vote up or down. Um, but another way I think that we can get uh, a lot of the animosity out of this is passing a lot of these duties off into our county affiliates and helping them grow you know our counties are really starting to get going christine said they've got 14 people just got elected in new york i think that beats most other states elected libertarians <laughs> you know we need to be supporting these affiliates because in our counties these people are meeting face to face and whenever we people are meeting face to face they're much better behaved you know i love when we all get together at the the, the state board of meetings where we meet up because everybody is is acting great everybody's happy to see each other we we get along great but these counties are doing that in every meeting so if we can pass a lot of this stuff over to our counties and in our committees and get a lot of the decision making and the debate out of our our, our state board meeting i think that uh you know we'll not only we bring the time down but we'll foster a lot of a, a better um um relationships because when people are meeting face to face and regularly like in our committees you know they, they just and seem to treat each other better and get a lot more work done yeah i don't know about you guys but nine hour board meetings suck i i mean <laughs> i'd rather hang myself every day before i do nine hour board meetings get <laughs> awful it, it's so awful uh yeah so i definitely agree with you there Rob. all right let's get to some of these fucking questions oh my god i even oh there's so many all right I'm going to try, I'm, guys, I'm going to try to do my best in order here, but there's no way. So also, fuck you. I don't care if you like it or not. It's my show. All right. So first one, <laughs> Tim McMaster, uh, do the three of you agree that R-O-N-R is subservient to the organization's governing documents? And how would you prevent R-O-N-R from being abused by any potential bad actors? All right, uh, John, if you want to start there. Yeah. So uh, this has come up quite a lot in the last few months, but yeah. basically I'll use uh, Roberts as the argument. Roberts says that the governing documents of an organization are their constitution, the bylaws, the policy manual, if one exists, and then Roberts. Roberts speaks when the policy and the bylaws and the constitution are silent. 
and uh, you can't fight a civil war on Roberts, to quote uh, our current chair. Um, you know, it, it's not going to happen. You know, the stick to the bylaws. If we find holes and we find flaws, no one should be exploiting those. Stop that. You know, that just causes more problems and more drama. And, you know, let's work together to fix those down the road, just as, you know, we did in Bucks County. And, you know, we're going to have our vote on that on Friday. You know, we had so many holes in those bylaws. And, you know, yeah, they got exploited. Okay. But you know what? That's the what the bylaws were what they were. So, you know, now we got a new set of bylaws and they're pretty solid bulletproof. I like them. Um, I I have my personal opinions, but you know, there you know a few things, but that's nitpicking. You know, let's go with this. You know, stick to the bylaws of the organization. Don't exploit the loopholes. Don't exploit. It, it's just stupid. It's childish. In the end, okay. uh, Christine, can you repeat that? John talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'll I'll just pull Tim's question back up here. So you could you could read it. I don't want. I feel bad for all the audio people out there. Like I don't want to fucking hear the question again. <laughs> so if you want to read that and give it an answer, you know, in in Robert's rules, I had this conversation with Lee when I was in Lehigh um, last weekend for the candidate forum. Um, Roberts was actually meant to to keep a, mo- a meeting going. It wasn't meant to stonewall. <laughs> and and I think that the best thing that we could do is have some kind of um, educational weekend where we get together and we do a training on Roberts and we do a training on other procedural things. We do county support. Um, we do, a, you know, affiliate county supports. Um, I know Tim's doing some great work in the affiliate support group, um, but have like an educational, like a resource weekend where people can get knowledgeable on these things because it's a lot of information to do. Um, I know some people who have been taking the parliamentary, um, like quiz or whatever to get the certification. And they're confused at times because of just how in depth some things get. And, you know, some things are left up to interpretations, unfortunately. And some people manipulate those interpretations to, to rule in their favor. And then they get um, abused in the meetings. And, you know, like what John said, that it's constitution bylaws policy and then Roberts and some other people believe it goes other ways. Um, But Regardless, we should always be looking at our governing documents initially and first and foremost, because those were put in in force by us. This is our organization. We are in charge. And when it comes to meetings and having disruptive people, there is stuff in Roberts regarding discipline and how the the chair can address that person and the secretary can note it. And um, but in the end, it's the board that is held responsible and trying to keep the disruption down and realizing that we are a professional organization. We are a political party and we need to present ourselves as such because. Adam G is working on getting these recordings to be publicized on like YouTube and what have you. And once those are done, if and when that passes, that's for everyone to see. So they will see the chaos. They will see the infighting. They will see all the disruption and that's not going to be good. So it comes down to the board to respect the board, respect the time of each person. And I think when we come to that commonality that we will see the meeting minutes, the minutes of the meeting or however you want to say it, um, the time frame be significantly declined. Um, and I think that that's, you know, how we kind of close that loophole with Roberts. Uh, Rob, I feel like you kind of answered this kind of 
but if you want to go for a different sure. take, go go ahead. Well, <laughs> just to, uh, right off the start, I will say that I, I absolutely think that Roberts is is uh, um, subordinate to our to our governing documents. Uh, we we choose the rules that we want to be governed by, and those should always come before Roberts. Roberts is a a leftover procedural you know manual. For the things that kind of uh, don't get taken into account, otherwise you'd otherwise our bylaws would be as long as Robert's rules, um, and we definitely don't want that. Um, I think for start, everybody recognizes that our bylaws are are deficient, and we absolutely need to take up that cause to to uh, cover the new things that are coming uh, as we grow as an organization that we didn't take into account for before. You know, we, we're, I think we all have an understanding of where we need to make our bylaws a little bit better. And let's make these rules among ourselves rather than having to resort to Roberts. I don't even think Roberts is the best parliamentary procedure book that there is out there. But if we're going to use it, we're also going to have to stick by it. So, so um, you know, to kind of echo what Christine said, that we absolutely should be, have a bare minimum understanding of, of how to make a motion, the privileged motions, how to be recognized. Anybody who's going to be on a, on a, a board position should know these bare minimum things. And then uh, if people just understood that you never address anyone but the chair, we wouldn't have this crosstalk over top of each other. And then I think hopefully we can get a little bit more done. No, uh, yeah, I agree. You guys are all right. <laughs> we got to... It's just too much. Uh, in fact, uh, Lori's question, you guys all answered this already, but how you organize meetings less, the last and less than seven hours. You guys all gave your answers pretty much already in that. Uh, shout out, Shannon. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck you, Anthony. Says I can't read. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, wait. I passed Neil's question. Neil Bellevue, uh, how do you feel about out of staters voting at our convention? Uh, Rob, first this time. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I think that Pennsylvania should be uh, governed by Pennsylvanians. Uh, I think that anybody should be welcome to attend. But as far as being a delegate, I don't think that anybody who is living outside of, of Pennsylvania should have a say. Now, there's obviously some nuances you could say for people who own property or, or different things like that. But I think that if we're going to make a hard rule, we're going to have to make a hard rule one way or the other. And I think that cutting it off at, at uh, uh, being a citizen of Pennsylvania is is a good place to do that. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I think that this was something that was, had a purpose before we had the growth and the numbers that we have now, we needed to just bring people in to get somebody to come to the conventions. But now that we are, uh, growing, you know, kind of exponentially, uh, we don't need to just be filling seats. What we need to be doing is putting in the people who these things are going to be affecting on a regular basis and who are participating in our party regularly. So I think I, I'm, I'm against out of staters and I hope that we get that changed this year. Uh, Christine. Um, I'm going to echo similar sentiments. Um, I do agree that at one point it made sense um, looking back in our history with how low membership and what have you was. Um, but also something to take into consideration is the legal ramifications that we have uh, with the Constitution of the Pennsylvania with the ballot. Um, it was something Greg Perry brought up at the meeting last night is that having people from out of the state um, vote in our primaries could get us in trouble. Um, and that's something that we need to, to fix um, at convention. And, you know, the last few years, um, we haven't been able to get to bylaws. So I really do hope that we can get to bylaws and we can all kind of come to that common ground um, and work through those so that we can institute these changes that are necessary for us to be the political party that we are. John. Yeah. And 
Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, like I'll say even five, six years ago before I got involved, yeah, there was a time when it was feasible to have people in from out of state, but now there, there's no need for it. I mean, I would love that's a, me saying, no, no, don't come, come. It's a fundraiser for us. Come, be here, support us. But I think it's we're at the point now where it's time to let Pennsylvanians have full control and full say in who our candidates and who our officers are. And to add to that, shameless self-plug, but I did put a few bylaw proposals in for this year uh, that are on the FDA website. A few? Uh, quite a few, but hey, we didn't get to bylaws last year. So, <laughs> Adam, can I add something? Yeah. Um, I also think that a bylaw change that's being proposed is also a good idea is that we shouldn't have children voting. Uh, <laughs> as of right now, my, <laughs> my son will my son will be at convention with me because you know I'm a mom, and uh, and he is a member of the LPPA because he said he wanted to be just like mom and D, and that's what he calls my husband, and so he's a member, and so he can technically vote at convention. Now, will I let him? Probably, obviously not. I mean, let's be honest; he's not going to vote for either of those two guys. Um, so he would vote for his mom. But so um, funny he didn't. You're like, what the fuck? You make him walk fuck? home. Um, yeah, you could sleep <laughs> in another bed tonight. Um, but you know that is a concern. And the bylaw being proposed is 14 and over. And just to give some history and why we do, you know, why we came to that number is 14 is when you can get a work permit in most in most schools and what have you it's also when you're usually a freshman and you're introduced to more politics and stuff in high school and we thought that that was a good age to kind of embrace and include the youth especially with the youth outreach that avery and tim and all tim tierney and all of them are doing andrew raya so um you know that's another thing that we need to make sure because that is a, that is something that could be manipulated um i agree in our system uh, yeah, kids don't have that capacity, obviously. It's like if they don't throw guns and shit. <laughs> my, son, kids. My, my son knows the nap means you're nice to people and don't take their stuff. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I agree. They can be easily manipulated to vote for whoever the fuck you want them to. Like, here, you want candy? Oh, that sounds I, not the good. I mean, you know I mean? Here's my van to go with that candy. Yeah. Here's my named, white van. Shut up. Yeah. Get in. I named my daughter Rebel, and she would certainly not vote for me. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, we, all right, we got a question here from the young bull, David Brady. Uh, can we get each person to endorse the trucker protest in Canada? What do you guys feel about that? And, and well, I, uh, I actually don't know too much about it, but I would tend to be probably on the side of the truckers. I don't know as much about it as, uh, yeah, if you, I mean, if you don't know about it, you would say it. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> don't just make shit up. I mean, or do, I don't care. You're your own person. <laughs> um, Hong Kong. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could go either way. I mean, you know, it's for one, it's Canada. So I, I, you know, I'm more worried about what's happening here in Pennsylvania than Canada, to be honest. So, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm just combing through questions. These are uh, these are fucking auto. I have no idea. All right. Uh, another question. Can I answer from one question? David I oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Yes. After this, John, can, okay. can, can John denounce the actions of Gillette Jarvis and Will McVeigh or does he support their actions in their subsequent parties? That's not Pennsylvania. So, you know, that's not relevant to this discussion here. Well, I so. think it would be considering that our, our, our party may be going bankrupt here pretty soon. 
and and somebody may be trying to do a similar thing here. I think it is a bit relevant. It, I would say it's relevant, even in the in the spirit of just the party itself. It's still, I think, if you're running for chair, I think it's a relevant topic. Yeah, no? I, I don't think it's relevant. <laughs> it depends. I, I we don't have the same bylaws as the states did, so I can't say you know, you know what they did was right or wrong. I mean, it's what what happened in their state, you know. And, you know, one could argue that there were situations in other states that were just as bad. So, you know, hey, let Delaware and all them do what they do. Let's worry about Pennsylvania here. All right, uh, before I leave this topic, anybody else want to chime in? No? Okay. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, hold on. Sorry. You heard you stop. So the one uh, okay. I wanted to address was the camera yeah, angle. Shush. Shut up. That's all I have to say. I said. I said before we started recording. I said it looks like you're sending a creepy message as an old man to a young chick on TikTok. Like, send me your boobies. Yeah. I like your boobies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not in my privileged position of my normal desk at my office, so I'm at home. Uh, <laughs> all right. We have a question from Counseling Nomad. Beyond bridging the factions, the question is how will you encourage people to stop voting caucus lines, allow them to vote and speak to their own minds? Uh, we'll leave with um, Christine this time. Okay. Um, that's a good question. And it's a hard one because, you know, I try and give a voice to everyone when I'm talking to them. I've tried to reach out to people who I've had um, conflict with over the past and tried to solve that. And they've bailed on me. But, um, you know, trying to encourage people to vote outside of partisan lines is going to be hard, to be frank, um, because we see it with the duopoly. <laughs> you know, they're they're set in a way that they feel is the right way to do it. And until we show people what our true intentions are and show them that we are willing to work with each other, regardless of any association, whether it be caucus or people, um, you know, I believe in walking the walk and talking the talk. So, you know, and I, that's something I've strived to do in the last year. I've made some mistakes. I saw Joseph Van Wagner mention that I didn't vote to add Jacob to member media relations. You're right. I didn't. I didn't see that comment. So I, it's great. okay. I had concerns. <laughs> I had concerns at the time and I was wrong. Um, you know, but we are people who are growing and learning every day. And I think that allowing people I hate using the idea of a safe space because that makes it sound all weird and college-y, like all of that, you know, snowflake area. But um, allowing people to feel comfortable with voicing their opinions and in using their voice without the idea that a target will be on their back um, is a goal that I have in, in trying to encourage people to use that voice. And whether good or bad, you know, sometimes people are going to say something people don't like, but uh, we are the party of individualism and we need to recognize that, but also find a way to respect that. All right. Uh, who didn't answer? She was first. I was first. Right, you were first. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm trying to read 40,000 questions ahead of me. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm doing 18 things at once. Uh, uh, Rob. Sure. Well, as a as a organizer for the Pennsylvania Mises Caucus, I found myself voting by myself a lot of the time last night. I voted. I didn't vote on on removing Christine's board vote last night. Uh, so I, I don't think that this issue of voting partisan lines is, runs as deep as people think that it might. Now, sometimes I think that there's a place for it. And, and 
Uh, I think, you know, pooling your collective resources together with people who have similar opinions. I, I don't see nothing wrong with that. That's how we that's how the democratic process works. That's how we get things done. But I don't think that the parties, the, the partisan lines, particularly on the Mises caucus side, is as deep as you think, because we regularly have disagreements with each other and we regularly vote against each other. True. No so. one believes it, but it's true. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, voted, us, I, I voted by myself on a lot of different issues last night. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, if that goes to tell you anything, uh, John, you're on mute. Pop the question back up again. God damn it. Let me make sure I heard it right. I gotta scroll the fuck. Keep it up, man. That's what she said. Paycheck there, Adam. All right. Uh, here. Bridge of connection. Because it'll shorten the screen. God damn it. That's why I fucking take it away. How would I encourage? I mean, I, you know, I'm only, I'm only one individual. And honestly, you know, I keep, I've said before, you know, we, yes, I get the idea of caucusing, bringing, you know, together of, you know, specific unique goals. But, you know, in the end, um, you know, you can't force someone into a vote that, they consciously cannot bring themselves to do. Um, that's why, you know, NOTA is a thing. That's why there's the right to abstain. So, you know, if someone, um, you know, on a committee, uh, whether it's a county affiliate or like membership or something like that, if they really can't bring themselves to vote to on something, you know, in a way that the rest of the uh, group wants them to vote, they should be free to do that and frankly, they should be blasted for that. You know, if if you know the vote was to you know who are we going to nominate Hitler? I'm not going to vote to nominate Hitler, no matter how much that you know my group wants me to nominate Hitler. I'm not going to do that. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to say fuck no. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, this is very relevant. Bill Kammermeyer, sorry, Bill Kammermeyer, uh, thoughts on the Libertarian Defense Fund sending out a mailing referring to members of the LPPA as hostile for attending the convention and voting for what they believe in? That seems quite divisive. It's ran out of breath. I'm so out of shape. Holy shit. I don't have tits, though. I don't, but I am out of shape. Anyway, uh, uh, John, if you actually want to go first in this one. Hey, uh, I, I wasn't aware of this uh, endorsement or this slate until after it went out. I know there were people that... Um, just to be clear, John, know, I don't think he's accusing you of knowing prior knowledge. He just asked No, me no, that. I'm just being upfront about this because I've had people ask me. Um, you know, there are people that have asked me to uh, run for chair. There were people that asked me to run for secretary. You know, I was considering running for chair anyway. I was considering running for secretary as an option if, you know... So, you know, if I didn't know who was running for chair and I wasn't sure, um, you know, if people want to throw their money into that, that's fine. You know, I'm not going to tell them they can't. I mean, it's no different than, you know, people throwing their money to the Mises caucus or to the radical caucus or to any other caucus uh, that wants to send out a slate. Um, from what I understand, I mean, everything was above the board. The, the, aver the advertising period to send these slates out was started back in December. And even the recent bylaw changes or policy manual changes, sorry, from last month 
uh, it was still perfectly in line because I, from what I understand, it was sent to the uh, the mailing house, so they don't have access to our CRM data because so I don't see any issue. It was an approved mailing through an approved process that's been in place for a couple of years now. So, okay, uh, Christine. I, um, you know, I know that there was a lot of questions regarding Mark's policy change back in December regarding the mailers. And I know that Nicole, uh, who's a former postmaster, questioned him on a lot of it and had concerns and objections and uh, the wording was not changed. And, you know, she had, she stated the possibility of abuse or what have you. Um, and it looks like they found a way to utilize it and um, and it was open for anybody to do. Whether I think it's right or wrong, that's up to the board to decide because it would need a policy change. Uh, Rob? So I don't think that anything in and of itself is necessarily run afoul here with this one. Now, there may have been, so should we do a, an investigation perhaps? Um, you know, but uh, John is absolutely right. The the opportunity was open to anyone who wanted to use the mailers to come in and, and get those in and have them sent out. That was made very that was made public for months before for those things went out. Uh, what I am concerned about and, and a, a bit more of the, the hypocrisy that has come from re recent recent leadership is that this is some more garbage from Kevin Goggin, who now is uh, 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 uh championing a, a pack to fight his biggest uh, enemy which has been the packs uh so now i i find the hypocrisy um just delightful in that um which is really unfortunate because kevin is an, an amazing uh, uh, uh hard worker i've worked with him many a times and then when he puts his mind to to do working together he can accomplish just about anything and when he puts his mind to destruction he he seems to be able to accomplish that as well so I'm very disheartened about the, the creation of this pack that, that our executive director is now going to head up. It's basically just the Cathedral Caucus in a pack form, and their entire purpose is to uh, see people kept out or removed from this party. And in, in my opinion, there is there the party has no legitimate interest in those things. All right. Good answers, everybody. All right. Sorry, still scrolling here. Uh, Ryan Brinsky had a question. Fucking somewhere. Fuck are you? There you are. Right. Uh, on ballot access, that's for Ryan Britsky, everybody. On ballot access, including lawsuits on behalf of candidates and filing candidate paperwork for affiliates that fail to do so, how would you follow through to make sure candidates are on the ballot? Uh, uh, fuck, John, I don't know. John, <laughs> you want to go first? Sorry, was that an offer? Or, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, well, for no. I mean, I'll do anything for money. So that's, I don't uh, care. For money, sure. Uh, yeah, what would I. You know what I uh, I mean, I do whatever the heck we have to do to get candidates on the ballot. You know, um, you know, if if it drops the ball, you know that's that's unfortunate. But you know, let's see what we can do to uh, fix it in the meantime. Um, use it as a learning opportunity for that affiliate too, and uh, you know that you know just get that candidate on the ballot because you know people aren't going to be voting for libertarians if they don't see us out there. And you know, I'm tired of hearing that we only show up every four years for the governor or four years for the president. You know, we need to keep pushing these uh, local races and um, do what we got to do. You know. All right, Rob. 
So I actually worked hand in hand with Dr. Moulton last year during the Moulton Maneuver on all of the challenges to candidates on the Moulton Maneuver. So I had I got quite a bit of experience with this last year. You know, I we did everything from calling up county solicitors and, and offices and talking to them about the rules and the and the the case law and even filing uh, you know claims in, in Commonwealth Court to get some of these people elected. And, and things are going in a really good direction. We've only got one county left who doesn't accept our interpretation of what it takes to get uh, candidates on the ballot. And that's a very, it's a very fortunate interpretation for us. So, uh, and and, uh, next year, I think we'll probably be able to get that, that county hopefully to turn as well. So um, I think if we can continue doing what we're doing, uh, uh, you know, address any kind of challenges that come up as they come up. We're in a really good place. We're 66 out of 67 counties right now. I agree with our interpretation of how to get candidates on the ballot. So I think we're going in a good way, but I would just continue what we did last year. And, and, um, and we were quite effective at being able to change the minds of a, a number of different uh, county solicitors towards how exactly it is that we're supposed to get candidates on the ballot. Christine. I worked very closely with a number of candidates uh, collecting signatures and what have you uh, this past year. And then obviously during the Joe Jorgensen campaign, um, it's unfortunate. I know that um, some, some counties uh, didn't get paperwork completely filed this past year and, and ended up losing um, some elected, I believe. In my understanding. And had I known about that, I would have stepped in to try and help with that paperwork. Uh, but we have a lot of resources in this party. And if I'm not able to know the, to know the answer or find the answer, um, I'm going to use those resources, whether it be Rob or Jen or Steve or Chuck or any of these people who have experience that far outweighs the experience that I have. And I, I think I have a lot considering um, all of my role the last two years and my role going into this year with Joe and Nicole's campaign. So, um, you know, paperwork is really tricky and having the right people to help guide you with that paperwork is essential. Um, you know, there's no guessing game here. This paperwork is crucial in maintaining minor party status and getting people on the ballot. Uh, and, you know, I think John hit on it. Uh, we can't get libertarians elected if they're not on the ballot. So we need to normalize having libertarians on the ballot, um, whether it be molten maneuver candidates that are running unopposed or just having paper candidates running in contested races or people who are running legitimate races. Um, and those are one of some of the goals that I have uh, going into 2023 and, and building up that momentum for that year is making sure that we have all the paperwork. And it is a pet project of mine right now to put together a packet for people interested in running for office so that they know the steps that they have to take um, when running for office. Okay. Uh I'm reading through comments here. Shout out Ryan Berinsky. I am a better looking Mark Bazzacco. I know. Everyone knows. Mark knows. <laughs> it sucks for Mark. Uh, hold on. Sorry. What the fuck is it? God damn it. I'll find it. <laughs> I believe in you, Adam. I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll I don't, but I still it. think I'll get it, I no, guess. I'll find it. Hold on. I'll find <laughs> it. I'll find That's it. That's what she said. Okay, JV, Joe, Joe, you'll Wagner. find it when you find your humor. I'm oh, sorry. I got god damn, you guys are <laughs> fucking rough. When well, you guys hammer the same jokes, uh, <laughs> Joseph Van Wagner asked, to all the candidates who support the efforts on Don't Tread on Philly, and uh, John, do you, why did you bash the efforts of Don't Tread on Philly coming from Joseph Van Wagner? Uh, so John, I guess you could answer, uh, well, yeah, okay, <laughs> you could answer first because it's also kind of directed at you at the end, and then we'll go to Robin Christine. So I wasn't bashing the actual efforts of the Don't Try It On Philly. What I try to convey to them, and what I've been trying to convey 
um, to a lot of these affiliates, a lot of these uh, you know caucus groups, is that putting this uh, Holocaust imagery in this comparison. Yes, it may work for some people, but in the end, it's bullshit. It's not the same. It's nowhere near close to the same. And I, I just don't know what it's going to take to convince people that, you know, in the end, uh, it's not a good idea. It's not a good look for us. Um, I know there were several, uh, you know, media outlets, um, not just that one, the local that, uh, you know, that uh, got a lot of the attention. But there are a lot of media outlets that actually criticize that heavily. Uh, there are people that have criticized heavily just that practice over the last two years uh, with these COVID restrictions. They're not the same as the Holocaust. So I guess the biggest thing is they just stop using that comparison. Stick to facts. You know, stick to the clear, solid messaging. And that goes the same for everything that we do. Stick to clear messaging. Stop using stupid comparisons to something that's not related because it's not. It's nowhere near close. All right. Uh, I, th- I just throw my two cents in there. I, I I think the whole again Holocaust comparison is they're not saying this right now is equal to the Holocaust. They're saying these are the actions that eventually down the road leads to shit like that. Like in Ottawa right now, you know, you have police horses trampling elderly woman on with the fucking wheelchair. Like, Oh, is that a free country <laughs> or is that Nazi shit? Let's be honest. Like that's, that's some fucking Nazi right. shit. That's the whole message of the, of the, that's they, they don't mean like this is equal to Jews being gassed to death in a chain. No, that's what they're saying down the road. If we keep this up and don't stop this shit now, who the fuck knows where it goes again. I didn't see, Royal Mounted Patrol fucking running people over with horses anywhere in 2022 so far. So I, that's that's just right. my two cents. But anyway, Christine and I get that. But yes. where were those same where were those same comparisons uh, during the last 15 years with Black Lives Matter and all the riots? That's you know what about the riots? I mean, I'm gonna go off the rails. Uh, the so riot. maybe we'll come back to this. <laughs> Let's circle back <laughs> yeah. to this later on. <laughs> we're gonna go off the rails. It's the whole the whole topic. Uh, Christine, um, I support the the efforts of you know not re- not mandating stuff. Um, you know, I'm not a Philadelphia resident, so I don't know how it affects them on a daily life. But I do support the efforts of of not mandating people to do stuff against their will. Um, I wasn't thrilled with some of the imagery that they did, but you know, it's an organization, and they have the purview to use what their leadership and organizers deem relevant and necessary and um i can't combat them for that because they might not they might not like some of the imagery that i would use for something that i might promote or do um i know mark's spoken out <laughs> about some of my campaign logos for my candidates so you know we're not always going to agree on everything 100 and it's at the purview of that organization um on the message that they wanted to convey and uh, i do support them you know fighting against mandates Nice. Okay. Uh, Robert. Uh, Audrey Daniel is an absolute hero and we should be supporting her at every second. She should have been the front page of every one of our newsletters. We should be championing her and sharing everything that don't tread on Philly is doing, because this is what, uh, we in the Mises caucus and I here in Allegheny and have been talking about with focusing on these issue coalitions, 
these issue coalitions is how we're going to get the attention. This is how we're going to keep up constant banks of volunteers to be able to do stuff with when we actually have big candidacies and we need volunteers banked in, uh, in order to use for these things. We need to be focused on all these issue coalitions to demonstrate the identity of what this libertarian party is. We've had a crisis of identity over the last 10, 15 years, and it's things like this that that give us culture and identity of what people can rely on to of what we are. Audrey is a is a hero and a champion, and we should be uh, uh, lifting her up at every step of the way. Um, and I'm not so sure how different. Uh, you know, I, I think the correlation here between the the what's going on in Philly and what happened during the Second World War is that this is for the first time that we have a two tiered caste system where people are denied. Uh, the basic rights of association and free travel uh, because of they are not consuming a product. So I think that we must be very careful here to, to understand the correlations that might exist. So, you know, I, I think, I don't think it's as far off as, as, as some of us may think the, the lead up to what the, to the concentrations and things like that, because we, we're, we're, we're playing in dangerous territory when we disrec when we de-recognize the, the basic rights of people to participate in society based on not consuming a product. So I'd be very careful. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, our police were threatening to fucking euthanize people's pets, essentially. Like, you know, like, for and by the way, they're protesting bodily autonomy. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, that's what they're protesting. And they're like, we'll kill your fucking dogs if you leave in your truck. Like, it's fucking crazy, man. Um, yeah. All right, let me get to Adam's fucking question because he'll kill me. I think it will actually find me and kill me if I don't get to at least one of his questions. <sighs> to all chair candidates, would you have any issue with the body member collecting a list of business before the board and distributing it in an effort to conduct business in between meetings? I'm going to leave that for a minute to all three to digest because I'm going to start scrolling comments again. So don't ask me to pull this back up. I won't. So here it is. Read it. You got time. Go. Uh, go, uh, Christine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with someone collecting the information. If the chair is doing their job um in a timely fashion and this shouldn't be a necessity i mean to be frank it's the under the the job the job of the chair to assemble the agenda um you know everyone has the ability to to have been uh attended the last meeting to know what business didn't didn't get to if any and to know what business will be an old business um i think some uh some grace is is required sometimes because you know there's things we're all volunteers this is not a paid position um and you know we do have lives outside of the lp some people don't but <laughs> most of us do and um and there's a lot of back door stuff that's happening you know behind the scenes of uh, jc hearings people asking questions motions being addressed and workshopped and in, in emails um you know i'm not opposed to um bringing forth the information so that people have an idea. Um, I do uh, think it's a little over the line to necessarily uh, make an agenda. Um, I know, Adam, you're not going to like that, and I apologize. <laughs> um, but I I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing forward the business that wasn't attended to at the last meeting and kind of uh, going over what may be addressed at the next meeting. All right. Uh, John? Yeah, I mean, Honestly, I think that sounds like something that the uh, secretary should be doing to assist the chair um, with you know, compiling the agenda. I believe even Roberts covers that as a duty for the secretary. 
Um, I don't think that it should be any, you know, specific board members doing that. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I get the, um, the intent behind it, and I think it's great, you know, to try to make sure things are going on. But maybe instead of trying to compile an alternate agenda to the chair, because you know, the chair is a busy person. We're all busy people. We're all volunteers. We own businesses. We work. We have families, and you know. Life gets in the way. We need to all be, you know, gracious and understanding of each other, uh, just like Christine said. Um, you know, we have to respect that we all have boundaries and, you know, just understand and work together. Um, you know, you know, if there's stuff that wasn't finished, instead of going around, you know, saying, oh, this wasn't done, this wasn't done, it has to be dealt with in the next meeting, how about we, you know, just you know, talk together on the sides and decide, okay, well, how can we expedite so that this does get done and get done taking quickly and then we don't have to worry about this happening to the new stuff that needs to be done next month. Uh, sorry, I, I, I just realized like a star comments and save them for later to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, we live and, live and learn, huh? Hey, we learn something new every day, right? Adam, how many podcasts have you had before this? <laughs> Christine's off the show. I'm kicking her off the show. How dare you? God damn it. Oh, it's, and also, I'm reading some of these questions, some of these fucking not even comments. I'm just getting roasted in my own comment section. <laughs> oh, God damn. All right. Let me pull that off the screen. All right. I got some good ones. Uh, fuck off, Adam. Um, <laughs> What's uh? What's uh? Oh, shout out Tim. He wants me to host everything. I'm a national treasure. I agree. I am a national treasure. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> shout out Tim. Uh, oh, here's actual legitimate question from Tim. Uh, how would you? He says to the three of you, how would you work to empower regional vice chairs? Chair. Wow, I can't fucking vice chairs to better assist the affiliates and to formally affiliate the unaffiliated counties. Uh, Rob, she's with you. Sure. So I believe in in uh, decentralizing about at the bottom up effort. So our our uh, regional vice chair's goal should be in establishing these affiliates as autonomous, uh, you know, uh, entities. Um, the the affiliates. I just to you know um, uh, go off of my initial comments of how I think the, the affiliate focus should, should be where we're at. You know, these affiliates is where this work should be done because these people are working with each other in person and getting, you know, the, the, the fighting just isn't there. So our, our regional vice chair's goal should be in, in, in establishing these affiliates and then working with them to pack their committees with, with effective amount of volunteers. Now, a lot of people might not like this, but I think a great way that we could really start, getting a lot of these uh, affiliates who are not organized is through uh, through accepting and working with the Mises Caucus recruiting efforts because the Mises Caucus is really the only name in recruiting right now. If this party accepted the work that the Mises Caucus was doing, inviting these people into our local affiliates, getting them active and in, in getting them in committees, getting them participating on their board, then we could grow. I think in a year we could have every county filled if we just accepted and acknowledged the role that the Mises caucus does in recruiting and accepted their people in instead of shunning them away because we're scared that they're going to take over this party this this is not a, a takeover as, as people uh, have, have described it we're doing it the exact way that nick sarwark told told dave smith to do it which is recruiting and getting more people to show up so if you guys accept 
these Mises Caucus people and we bring them into the party and and bring them into the party rather than kicking them away, we're gonna we're gonna be going, you know, we're, we're gonna get a lot farther and we'll get the rest of these counties, um, get them affiliated. All right, sweet. Uh John. Um well I mean let's see. Well first thing, yeah, obviously is uh you know, we gotta reach out. Um, you know, there are a lot of registered libertarians that don't know that we are here. Shocking to me that that's still a thing. Um, you know, we gotta get you know some more communication out there to the registered uh libertarians. Um you know, say, hey, we're here. Sorry, one of the kids. <laughs> um, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, if, you know, to, I guess I'll pile on what uh, Rob said. If, you know, the strategy that the Mises Caucus is using is so effective, um, I want to know why the heck they, it hasn't been brought forward, you know, and presented so that the state board can actually use it, um, you know. Why, why, why should one caucus get all the fun? <laughs> uh, Christine? Um, I think the best way to empower the vice chairs is to give them the resources they, they need. Uh, literature um, examples to present to the counties to do community outreach, um, helping them to find outreach opportunities, whether it be carnival, street fairs, parades, things of that nature, um, having boots on the ground and showing people who we are and what we stand for is how we're going to recruit people into the party and grow these affiliates. Uh, we saw it with Lebanon County last year. You know, Sam and Lindsay and Mike did great work in, in establishing the affiliate. And then with their work with Tim's campaign, that's how they helped to grow it. Uh, they were out doing cleanups and they were out door to door knocking and they were reaching out to the registered libertarians. And, you know, that's one reason why I endorsed him for the central vice since he announced today, because he is literally the poster child of what a, a, what a vice chair should do, in my opinion. You know, he attends Lancaster meetings and Lebanon meetings. Um, I know he's done Burke stuff before. He's literally working on a sister affiliate program to get your connected with Bradford. Um, you know, these are the resources that we need to have. Uh these are the resources that I was planning to present at convention during community outreach as a way to help these affiliates grow. And I think that providing this, this stuff to the vice chair so that they can go out and then give it to their county affiliates and help them grow is what's going to make sure that we get the rest of these counties affiliated, not just regional committees. I'm talking about each individual county having a represent, uh, representation of the in the board in some way, shape, or form, whether it be individual counties or I know there's a bylaw regarding reg, regional reps, you know, whatever capacity it is, you know, my goal is to see 70, 67 counties uh, have a representation, have a, a county uh, affiliate. And that's um, by giving literature and ideas and working together. And when a, when a vice chair is not present to be able to be at a meeting or an activity, you know, that's where I as chair would step in and support them and help them in making sure that that uh, activity is covered to my best ability. All right. Uh, Rob, did I ask you now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went first. Here we go. I'm losing fucking track. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Fuck. Sorry. I'll get it. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's go back. Uh, here's a quick one, kind of. Who is your favorite libertarian philosopher slash thinker? Christine. Roy Rothbard. 
I, I I know Rob. I knew <laughs> I knew you were asked about saving your flask because be that, and now we can move on. So Rob Murray Rothbard, okay, <laughs> Christine. I'll be frank. I don't really have one. I uh, I look at everyone's different philosophies, and they kind of help me to build my own. Um, so there's a lot of people that I've you know have influenced the way that I think and feel, uh, but there is not one person that stands up and is and that a throne a throne or anything like that. Um, there's multiple people that have helped guide me to be the person that I am today with my libertarian views. John? Yeah, I'd say the same. Um, I mean, you know, there are a lot of things from Mises that I like uh, as far as economics. Um, there are a lot of things that Milton Friedman said that I like. Um, you know, but in general, uh, I think the things that pulled me into libertarianism were more uh, the, not so much the financial, but the other philosophical things. And things from people that might not be considered uh, libertarians, um, like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, um, you know, a lot of the, the big heavy hitters in the freedom movement, uh, I think they were the ones that influenced me the most towards, uh, you know, libertarianism. And I kind of lean and rely on them more than anything. Adam, can I yeah. name a name? Apparently, I'm giving politicians answers, <laughs> and yeah, I'm like By the way, for everybody in the comments, I am very sorry. I cannot keep the fuck up. No, it you're not fine. <laughs> I mean, the person who gave me my stepping stones into libertarianism was Ron Paul. You know, so I mean, that's the first person who influenced me. Um, yeah, no, I don't put him on a throne. <laughs> not on a throne. No. But I definitely do acknowledge that his views on some liberty-minded things is what introduced me into libertarianism. But it's really the activist that really kept me and helped me grow my own philosophies. Um, so, I mean, if you want to name, Ron Paul is who introduced me and got me started. When, when you understand the strain of, of, of Austrian economics and libertarian thought of Murray Rothbard, you can never look back. If you need any further evidence, please read two two books. Um, Anatomy of the State, which is just a pamphlet. You can read that in about a half an hour. And uh, if you really want to know, if you really want the, the hard stuff, you go to um, um, uh, what's his treatise on it, uh, uh, For a New Liberty. For a New Liberty will give you every piece of information that you ever need to know. Uh, once you understand Murray Rothbard's strain of this stuff, man, you can never look back. Nice. No, that's a good answer for everybody. I have to address something by somebody real quick. Uh, Sasha Cohen, question for all three candidates. Do you think it's appropriate to host a comedian who uses homophobic and ableist slurs against other members of the LPPA as a convention speaker or performer? I think and, we should kick this one to Adam. And I think, listen, that's that's fair. That's fair asking to Sasha. I say, um, suck my dick, you fucking loser. Eat my asshole, dude. I don't give a fuck what you think. I, I don't respect you. So, yeah, I talk to whoever I want. I'll talk to you like that because you're my fu I'll dog walk you on this fucking platform. Thanks for tuning in, you fucking dummy. Fucking asshole. Like, eat my shit. I don't give a fuck, Sasha. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in and giving me views, you fucking idiot. Anyway, guys, sorry. I had I had I had to fucking treat some clown real quick. Uh boom. Neil Bellevue. With recent events, how do you feel about having to rebuild the LPPA? And do you think we needed an ED? Uh that's a fair question. Uh, Rob, we'll start with you. Yes. Um, yes, I think we do need an executive director. And this is the part that I find so tragic about Kevin Goggin is that he was unbelievably effective at this job. Uh, he was great at it, but he just he was also at the same time he was doing the executive director of the LPPA championing an organization that wants to see people kept out and removed from this party. And those things are not reconcilable, in my opinion. 
yes, I think we need an executive director in this. And I think that I have an idea for somebody who would be great. Um, uh, John Rasso has been somebody who has done this job uh, in before he became a libertarian. He was chief of staff for a sitting uh, uh, congressman. So I, I think that he would be able to take this job over fantastically. And he is somebody if you haven't if you don't know John Rasso, he doesn't. <laughs> He is not about the divide in any way. He's about the the lack of ego and bringing everybody together. So, so if you guys don't know John Russell, get to know him, and I think that he'd be a great executive director. Yeah, uh, John. Um. Well, obviously, yeah. Uh, you know, look at the numbers. You know, before we had an executive director, and to now, uh, yeah, we need someone in that role. Um. You know, and uh, it, it's going to take a good, long, solid, serious look by the board to uh, find someone. And uh, frankly, I think that probably the first thing, one of the first things that should be on that uh, post-convention board meeting is to, uh, or even now if we can't, I don't want to go to now, but, uh, you know, but the next board meeting at the very earliest, we need to start advertising now and hiring for someone, uh, someone that has that experience in fundraising, especially in nonprofit. There's a huge difference between fundraising and profit world and the nonprofit world and it needs to be someone with that nonprofit experience. Uh, someone that has that uh, experience, you know, doing mailings and everything that Kevin did for us, uh, but also someone, uh, I'm going to uh, critique Kevin on one thing. Uh, someone that will also delegate to uh, the committees and uh, you know let us actually do some work too. <laughs> so, John Rasso, uh, I guess trying to come on. No, uh, it, hey, it's cool. Hi. <laughs> What's hey, up? Everyone else got their kids on something now. <laughs> oh, I bumped. Hey. Right. Uh, Christine. Uh, we should have started looking for an executive director back in the fall when Kevin said that he wasn't going to be seeking to renew his contract. Uh, it was irresponsible and unprofessional of us for not doing it then uh, because it left us in the lurch that we are now. Uh, you know, with no one, you know, Kevin's not going to be able to, you know, most obviously, I don't believe I'm speaking on assumptions that, you know, it would have been nice to have Kevin kind of help guide the new ED into the role and what he had been doing and what resources he was using as like a template, you know, kind of train the new guy and allow them to kind of just grow from there or new girl, I should say, um, too. <laughs> um, you know, that is something we should have been doing since the fall when Kevin said he wasn't going to renew his contract. As for rebuilding the LPPA, I don't think we need to rebuild the LPPA. We need to um, fix the cracks in the foundation and and find that common ground and and go from there there i don't think we're at a point with rebuilding um you know there are some tough numbers and you know there are going to be some obstacles as we get into ballot access and everything like that um but i don't necessarily think we need to rebuild i think we need to refocus on what the priorities here are um what the goals of a political party are and uh and just kind of come together on that and and then we we don't need to rebuild Cool. I just saw a good question from Sam Goody. He kind of so he essentially asked the same first half of that question, but the second half of the question is is new, uh, which would be who would be your first choice as a candidate to endorse to fill that role, which I think is interesting. Uh, so as a follow up, we'll just go around the same circle. Uh, who who are you thirty first, John? Yeah. Right or Rob? Uh, Fuck me. I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, Rob. Uh, 
John John Rasso is my first, second, third, fourth, and fifth pick. He is the right person for this job. He has done this job at, at at a scale far beyond this. We're talking about raising millions of dollars for sitting congressman. He's done it for a, for a House of Representative and for Senator. He is the right person for this job. He has the connections. He knows how to fundraise for for political reasons. He he we couldn't we couldn't be luckier to have somebody like John Rasso in 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 the, our ranks to be able to pick from who would want to be able to do this job. So. Uh, uh, everybody, if you don't know him, go find out because John is the right guy for the job. Uh, John, I went to second, right? Before I went, Rob, John, yeah. Christine, yeah. right? Okay, John, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know anyone off the top of my head right now. Um, I want to have a very serious look at candidates. Um, you know, I, I can't say anyone specifically offhand. I did not do that. That would have been hilarious if I did the mid sentence, right? If I was like, ah. <laughs> I don't believe you. Never no, my hands are in my pockets. You guys all saw. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Christine, just pick that up, and then I'll, I'll get I'll get John back on when he comes back do, on. Do you have <laughs> to get John back on? I mean, like, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> are you? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it's a great question, and. I honestly don't have one candidate. I've heard some names floated around. I've looked at a few. John Rosso, Rosso, Rosso. I'm not. I apologize. Um, you know, it's someone I've looked into. I've also. I know. Um, I, I don't oppose the idea of necessarily looking for someone out of state that might be um, beneficial. And I know we don't want out of state to vote and what have you. But this is a 1099 employee, um, and if they have the credentials and the experience and are willing to take it up. Um, you know, I, I think that it's something we should consider um, if they've got the resume to back up their efforts. Um, but, you know, it'll come down to the board and, you know, everyone should on the board should be doing their due diligence and looking for candidates to present as a as a possible. And John, why did you come back? That's fucking me up. Streamyard crashes on me. Streamyard <laughs> always crashes on me. So I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> Yeah, All right, John, if you want to finish, you have the chance to. Actually, Christina, I tuned in right uh, as Christine was saying what I was about to say. Uh, Look at this fucking you know, follower. Now, uh, I agree 100% <laughs> about um, copycat. I agree. Uh, you know, cons- consider, oh, yeah. consider, you know, out of uh, state uh, people because, you know, then they really don't have an influence on what's happening in the state. But on the other hand, they're a little more incentivized. Uh, you know, based on, you know, whatever they're con- assuming it would be a contract that's based on incentives and performance, um, you know, someone out of state wouldn't be a bad idea. Can't, can't scream corruption if they're out of state. You definitely can. <laughs> you certainly can. Of course you can. I have to agree. I mean, you can scream corruption with anything. I mean, we saw that very significantly. Why we don't want to outstate voters? It's the same reason we don't want to outstate voters. It's influence from outside sources. Uh, Christine. Oh, she, uh, oh Jesus Christ! Who's left? Rob. Did I go, everybody? We all answered. Whatever. Adam. Yeah, we're all good. Yep. You like right. you like get a dry erase board to remind you who's... All right. Who's all right. <laughs> all right. I'm losing it. The, 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 uh, uh, <laughs> oh, here's here's an important question from the young from the young bull. Do the candidates think Adam is funny? And if you don't say yes, I will block you. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> no, Yo, okay. Adam, nice dick. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Rob wins. Rob gets my vote. Yeah. Adam, funny story. I That's, was, uh, hold on. I when you leave, you John, hold on, John. 
This is the, this is a, some from a comic tip. If you lead a story or a joke with really funny, funny it better yeah. be the funniest fucking thing I've heard. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. or, pressure. Or you it up, but it's not gonna be funny whatsoever. So pressure go. So, I guarantee it's not gonna uh, be. <laughs> you were doing a sh- It was one of the nights that you're doing the pop in uh, the show at the pop in, and was all it said on the board oh, okay. was uh, all it said on the board was comedy show. And I had a black sharpie. I was going to go up and uh, change the sign with quotes around comedy show. <laughs> Would you, Joel Getz and Tim McMaster, get together and go like, "What hack jokes can we call Adam tonight?" Jesus Christ! Yeah. No, but see, I actually <laughs> live in the area, so I can find any way to. That's true. You could Adam. Your your stand up is why I now do hallucinogens at children's birthdays. Nice man. They suck, right? Not anymore. Yeah. No, not anymore. Fucking great. Not anymore. You could find that great humor at the LPPA convention. <laughs> so to it. Uh, all right. All right. Here's one from Platt. Platt. I love the mm, name. Mm. Here's a good question. Why does the LPPA not have a sergeant at arms? We'll start with Christine. I actually tried to recruit Greg Deal to be the sergeant of arms last year. So Greg um, would be great. Yeah, he's I've a giant Greg- pussy, though, and he can't say anything because he ain't here. <laughs> <laughs> I've known Greg for over 20 years. He and I go back to our days as teenagers. Um, and, you know, I thought it is something we should have. It's unfortunate because we are supposed to be a professional political body, um, you know, but with the current culture until we can find common ground, you know, it, it, it might be something that's a necessity. Now, who that is, it may be needed as an Adam Nutter. No, Why? not Adam Nutter. <laughs> no. Sorry, Adam. No, no offense. Dude, Adam would make the perfect sergeant at arms. Everybody loves him. Like he, all of the, all of these cities. Everyone loves to been laugh great. at him, not with yeah. him. Yeah, don't say Adam. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what we need out of a sergeant <laughs> well, at arms. I that's 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 what we need out of a sergeant at arms is somebody everybody can talk to and just like lighten up a little bit. Adam would make the perfect sergeant at arms. Shut up, Greg. There. No, and if it gets down to it. You know, I could be like, don't hit me. I have brain trauma. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, do, do, we, do we all answer that or John? I didn't, or did no one else answer that about Christine? Holy shit. It was, John. It was, it was that was pretty much my we just free for all. I, I honestly, okay, that I honestly think Adam so we all, we all kind of, we all kind of agree with that. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll throw in there. Tim McMaster. For Western Vice Chair and Sergeant. No, Tim will take a steel chair. Not well, I was just going to say that. Motherfucker, I was just going to say that. Why is that not Val? I'm sorry. No, I'm for it. I would love to see nah. one of my one of the most nah. memorable. Tim, if you're watching, shout this out to me in the comments. Tim is watching. Tim is watching. Chair. Tim, okay, one of the most crazy. Th- I, I I don't watch wrestling. I I, I watched it in the attitude there, like '90s, so it's like '90 to like 2002, like that. When I was like a kid, right? There was that one rest, uh, no, Royal Rumble, I think, or Survivor. I don't remember, but The Rock handcuffed mankind and then took a steel chair and repeatedly bashed him over the skull with this. It bent in like a fucking V. And I remember even as a child, I was like, that seems excessive. <laughs> like, like, that was psychotic. That was fucking crazy. But I'm for it. I would be sick to see in real life. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, what's the question we got here? Side note, real quick. Uh, yeah. We tried to put together a wrestling competition when we were running Tim's campaign. For that'd that exact sick. reason, <laughs> that'd be sick. Okay, okay, BJ. I promise, BJ. I I I show his question. It's a good question too. Uh, BJ uh, Heventhal asked, with the war drums being beaten in DC, mm. what is your viewpoint of defend the guard legislation? What will you do as chair to promote it? I think it's awesome. I'm not running for chair. This is my two cents, but it's great. I think we should definitely do that. But um, we'll start uh, with with uh, John. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'll admit, I'm not 100% solid on all the details of the Defender Guard legislation, other than, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's uh, to, you know, stop abusing the National Guard and sending them over yeah. to do stupid shit, basically, yeah. correct? It, 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 it's, it's, it's a very, very simple <laughs> concept. It's that, yeah. the, it's that you introduce legislation at the state level that, that uh, uh, does not allow you to deploy your state National Guard unless there's a declaration of war. Now, the National Guard okay. is the most deployed uh, branch of any other. So this would be a huge huge um, uh, step forward in, in limiting the amount of deployed troops that, that go out there. And we can actually do this at the state level. So that's basically the idea behind Defend the Guard. All right, yeah. I mean, I know we already pushed something through uh, a resolution recently, but um, yeah, I mean, maybe we could do a lot more with, uh, you know, besides social media. I mean, we need to put more press releases out there uh, speaking out against it. Um, we could have, you know, members who are veterans getting out there and standing on the steps of Harrisburg and, you know, start pushing more, you know, vocal uh, values, Bo- I guess. Bo- um, Bonnie, Bonnie real quick makes a valid point, John. Just, uh, she's like, you, uh, she's like, we, we did endorse it. So she just says, she suggests you familiarize yourself with it, but it's a good point. Yeah. I uh, don't think I was it. a uh, rep. <laughs> I don't think I was a rep for that meeting, but I was, that's fair. Uh, in attendance. So, you know, that's fair. Uh, hey, uh, Rob, you if I don't answer. know, I'm yeah. gonna say I don't know. Well, you know, no, that's, no, it's fair. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Well, no, that's so, fair. So, so I would just say that things like defend the guard. This is something that that attracts people from any walk of the political spectrum. So this is something right. that we should be behind hard. I mean, I think that the you know finally pulling out of uh, Afghanistan and it not. And, and Afghanistan not just exploding to show to everybody, hey, we can do this. We can actually re- roll back our foreign policy in a meaningful way. So I think that they, we are primed right now to be able to use this kind of goodwill that we're built up and pull from all sides. And, and you know, people knock on the door and they hear about you're, you're, you're promoting a candidate. You know, they kind of some people will hear you. Some people won't. But you tell them about the defend the guard and everyone is going to get excited. And this is a name we can attach a lot of goodwill to the Libertarian Party name. We need to get behind Absolutely. defend the guard, and then a lot of ideas like this. Uh, this is what we should be um, uh, working hard in between our campaigns. Yeah, I don't yeah, think anybody's for the continuation I mean, of bombing. I've babies. been anti-war <laughs> since the day after nine eleven, so yeah. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, Christine, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you share the same sentiments because you've been nodding your head. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I support the the efforts of anybody in the libertarian party trying to put forth policy changes, you know, whether it be defend the guard, you know, I was introduced to concerned veterans of America over the summer at the regional five training, you know, which is another veteran program that's trying to, you know, end the wars and stuff like that. I mean, there's fair districts. There's so many different programs um, that, you know, have a lot of the libertarian platform applied to what their, their mission is and defend the guard is definitely one of them. And, you know, that is something that we should be encouraging our members to participate in and, you know, to do press releases and to show our support and everything like that. And, you know, Absolutely get our candidates on board to shout it out because, you know, you know, kind of like Bill said, 
um, there. You know, I do believe that we are a political party and the messaging, the, the true bold messaging should be coming from our candidates because they don't want to hear from Adam and me and, and, and Rob. They want to hear from the Tim McMaster running for PA Senate 48. He's no longer because they redistrict, but, you know, but they want to hear from the people who have the potent, who are going to be on the ballot, who are going to be representing the party, who the party nominated to be a representative. And so getting those candidates to support those causes and, and to talk about them when they're out and about is going to bring people into the party. So yeah, I absolutely defend. I absolutely support <laughs> defending the guard. Awesome. Um, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and to answer Bonnie's question, I do mean that. If people want to support the Philadelphia Freedom Coalition and the Don't Tread on Philly, you know, that's absolutely something that we should be encouraging them to support and do. Um, you know, it's stopping mandates. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to answer Bill's question. Master, uh, hold on, wait. Yeah, um, is great despite how often I rib him. I'm very much looking forward to heckling him at convention. Tim, <laughs> do not heckle me, please. <laughs> it ruins the show. Everybody, do not heckle. I understand. It's like, oh, we joke about he, the chats. He actually do told me he was bringing tomatoes. He actually told me he do was Do not bring tomatoes. goat cheese. or No, bring goat Ooh. cheese, but for me to consume. Don't throw it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw it. Uh, all right. We had a bunch of fucking questions. Uh, oh, yeah. They talk about the Delaware um, convention coming up. Uh, Dave Casey's watching. Dave, wait not to get me fucking booked for the convention, you fucking piece of shit friend. Uh, that's here, neither here nor there. Just we're now longer friends. Um, <laughs> Michael Mastercola asked, for all the candidates, what separates you from the other candidates to get the job done? I'll work with the Mises Caucus. <laughs> all right rob <laughs> is that your answer okay uh christine i will work with anybody from any pack coalition uh caucus anything like that anybody who wants to get the work done i will work with um because i i judge someone based on who they are and the work that they put forth and you know that they live up to their word and not by their associations john yeah, I mean, as long as you're not being an abusive uh, jerk towards me, I'll work with anyone, you know? <laughs> you know, as, as long as you want to get the work done, let's get the work done. Okay. Uh, okay, Sam Goody asks, what ideas and plans do you have, i.e. workshops, training, education, training, education, et cetera, to help assist the local affiliates and pay to ensure they have the necessary tools available to continue growth and success? Uh, Rob. So this kind of goes along with what I was saying about we need to get a lot of the business outside of the state party. You know, our our committees uh, should really be kind of advisory boards. You know, unless we're talking about you know statewide candidates or things that the state party actually is handling themselves, our committee should be focused on building the local affiliate committees and getting them the information that they need. So things like the molten maneuver, we have got to move that out of the state party and start training the local affiliates on how to do this stuff. Not only does it give them you know a lot of some activity to start doing to start pulling some volunteers and stuff, it starts making them the face when they meet these people and they're introducing themselves to these candidates and going out and door knocking and things like that. So if we train our local affiliates on these things, such as the molten maneuver one, we can have a bigger reach. So the state party, isn't just a couple of people doing this over and over and over and over again for each County, looking at the, the available offices, we train our local affiliates, how to go and look in their own. And then we have, you know, hundreds of people looking 
for these things in, in their own areas. And we could probably identify some more races than we did last time. You know, we didn't do things like judge of elections and, and, and inspector of elections and things like that because we were only focusing on a couple of different different um, things. But if we bump this off into our local affiliates, we can be doing a lot more quicker and, and get a lot more people in. I think we probably have, you know, over two, 300 people. So uh, elected next time, if we, if we start training our local affiliates how to do this stuff, rather than just a couple of people at their at their um, at the state level doing it, John, I, I, I say bounce off what you just said, Rob. Uh, so one of the reasons we didn't do the uh, judge of election and the election positions this year was uh, mostly uh, for time and money. Uh, money was short. That's what I'm year. saying. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. That- 2020 was a hard year, but we did say to the counties. Uh, you know, if you want to do this, do it, and we'll help you with it. Not none of the county has really stepped up, to my knowledge. Um, you know, yeah. we had a few people that did write-ins. I mean, I was an inspector of election uh, uh, for re-election this year. Mm. You know, um, there were a lot of but, people. I believe Michael Heiss got a majority inspector through a write-in, yeah. but you know, that that a lot of that was on the counties themselves. And yes, but the, John, that's exactly what I mean. Said, the state never said no. They said, if you want to do it, we are here for you. And I think only maybe three counties, to my knowledge, actually even took advantage of that. Yeah, but John, that's my entire point is we shouldn't be saying that to the county. It's like if a new person comes to your meeting and you say, let us know what you want to do. You know, come on by and and, and then you let us know what you want to do. And if you, no, we have to we have to reach out to them and say, hey, we got this here for you. Let's train well, you on it. Let's the- get you going. That that's what I think. That's that our the bottom is, uh, down, though. We're not going to say to the county that oh, they sorry. have yes. to do it. <laughs> yeah. As as the county that had the most elected libertarians. Um, All right. <laughs> um, actually, you you know, I've said it earlier, and I'll say it again. You know, I really believe. Uh, well, I was going to do it at convention. I was going to speak on the thing on the different resources and the different. Um, uh, things to provide to counties. Now my husband is doing it, um, but um, you know, to provide them with literature suggestions, things to kind of go off of. We mimicked ours from Lancaster um, and, you know, Lancaster, Lebanon and York really just have this like vibe together that we all kind of like work together and mimic stuff, um, you know, and we share resources. And I think that that's the key is sharing the resources. And I mentioned edu- an educational weekend um, where we do a Roberts and um other county affiliate stuff to help them. But also something in York that we did is we took it upon ourselves um, before the primary results were in to look at the races that were had, who had people running on the ballot, who, who were, you know, that had nothing running. And we actually started reaching out to people in the, in the York area, started with our current, you know, affiliate and then reached out um, to, (laughs) um, to, to try and fill those seats, whether it be, you know, mayor or inspector of elections, that's something we did in York. And that's something that I wanted to bring forward to the whole state is giving them those resources and, and ability and websites and what have you to find that information so that they can do that preemptive work so that they can, you know, to secure as many positions as possible, because not only are there a bunch that are running no one, but there's a lot that are running unopposed and, you know, we can see great success in that. Um, by encouraging people to run there, you know, I did a run a write-in vote here in Dallas Town, and I got seventy-five votes. And you see how long my last name is? 
you know, 75 people wrote that in because they were upset that no one was running against the mayor, um, you know, but providing the, the resources and information that we've established here in York to the other counties and having other counties share that with us, you know, that is crucial in growing our affiliates. And, you know, it's going to be information from all sorts of areas, whether it's Mises recruiting, whether it's Kevin with fundraising, you know, whatever it is, there's people that have, um, different skill sets and it's best that we utilize those skill sets so that we can improve the party and the county affiliates. All right. Let's move on to, uh, I know Christine, you gotta leave in like 10 minutes. Uh, Rob and John, we can keep going. It doesn't matter. Uh, Christine, I know you got another podcast to do. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> You're just gonna, when you leave, people are gonna be like, Oh, she's a, she she's, bailed. Yeah. I'm just be prepared funny. for that. I was talking to Brian Lambrick and he was telling me that I should go on all these podcasts <laughs> and everything. So I was um, setting myself up. So no, I, I, I get it. That's my life. Podcasting, <laughs> fucking going to dumb shows. I don't give a shit about. It. All right. Uh, Kyle asked, would all three candidates be willing to work with the elected chair if they lost? Kyle Matovic, go check out his podcast, by the way. That's a great podcast. Absolutely. Go watch it. Oh, yeah. You were on it. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll start with uh, John on this one. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's going to be what it is. So, you know, I mean, I think, and Christine, and I think we already have a really great working relationship. Rob, you and I haven't worked uh, a lot together, but, you know, I'd love to see that happen and change. Um, you know, granted to, you know, bad plug, I'm also running for secretary. So obviously I have to work with someone if that didn't John. work out. So, huh? Yeah, it's a I different know, podcast so, secretary, I'm, I'm John. <laughs> trying to help you. I'm trying to help you plug it. Again, <laughs> screw you. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, I have to, you know, granted, um, you know, you know, I don't know as far as board, but you know, we'll see, you know, the party direction the party wants to go to, you know, uh, Christine, real quick, Bill wants to know what podcast are you going over to? Of uh, the political deep dive with David Valente. There you go, Bill. Uh, all right. Um, Christine. Um, you know, Absolutely. You know, I might um, divert my uh, skill set because, it, you know, we should be utilizing our skill set where it's best to be, uh, you know, used at. So, you know, I might divert to um, helping membership more and in, in, or go into county of affi the affiliate support or even to elections since that is a passion project of mine and work with Chuck Bolton. Um, but in the end, we are all working together for the greater good of spreading liberty. And I have no quarrel or qual Sorry, the vodka, the vodka is really setting in. Um, <laughs> the um, I have no qualms with working with any of these people. Um, you know, I, I've worked on variety, little things here and there. I we've had personal disputes and have said some things that are not the greatest to say to each other. Um, but you know, we go past that and we find that common ground and work together on the things that are essential. Rob. Well, just like last year when when uh, the Mies Caucus ended up losing at the convention, I didn't uh, go home crying and, and take my ball and go home. I got to work and, and started working with everybody as, as much as I possibly could, reaching out to everybody at every chance. Some people uh, responded well and worked with me. Some people didn't, but I just decided to do whatever work I can, and I will continue to do that. I've heard a lot that we're going to lose a lot of people if the, if, if the Mises Slade does well at convention, and I hope that's not true because I don't want not one person to leave. Um, if they, if anybody does choose to leave because I am elected chair, I, I hope that you understand the door will always be open when you're ready to come back. 
Um, but I don't want to see not one person leave. And I hope that we can all win and lose uh, equally as gracious as, or that we can lose as graciously as we can win. Adam, can I address that? Rob, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at my kids. I'm sorry. I was just laughing at you. Yeah. It's not true. He's laughing right at you. He told me. He Adam, told me. can I address yes, a comment? Yes, you may. Um, you know, there are some people who don't like David Valente, but, you know, I said that I want to work with all people. And I was on Kyle's show. I'm on your show. I'm on David's show. Um, I'm going to be on Matt Wright's show. Uh, I was on Cajun's. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's proving to show that I want to work with everybody by showing that I'm willing to go on shows and maybe be hit with hard questions, you know, like the finger to the bus thing. Um, you know, that is how I am trying to be transparent in who I am and what I stand for. And so you may not like him. And I apologize if you don't, but some people don't like Adam. And I'm still here despite them saying not to be on Adam's show. <laughs> so that's fair. But like truly, and by the way, I do want to point out, I know I totally shit on Sasha Cohen, but fuck him. I don't, I, do, I truly don't respect him. Like, I don't. So like I, I do, I will talk to anybody that's cool. Like, like I, I know like John uh, is bucks with me in Bucks County. And no, there were some not great times in Bucks at one point, but like, I used to fucking talk to John all the time. We joke around with each other. I never fucking shit on John online or anything like that. Do I? Honestly. No, right? I think like once or twice, but you know. Yeah, that was before though. That. that was after the thing. Right. So I'm saying, Christine, I never, ever, right. ever talked bad about you publicly. Rob, I hate you so much for the passion, but like everybody knows that about you, Rob. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's <laughs> no, it's, it's just. It's I, just I've, I've heard rumors like, that Rob is a vampire of the, uh, Edward, the, the Twilight variety. Can you confirm we'll that, Rob? <laughs> You have to wait and find out. <laughs> oh yeah, boy. it's just there are some people in the party and in life who are complete pieces of garbage that I don't respect and will not waste my fucking time dealing with. So I'm just going to fucking tell you to fucking suck my dick. That's the truth. I don't care. You're one of them, bro. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? That's how it is. You're one of them. Fucking. I'll take it. Yeah, it's sorry. But other than that, I am super cool with everybody. I truly don't care what you fucking believe. As long as you're cool. Like, like Adam G says, if you're for liberty first, then we're fucking cool. I truly don't give a shit. Like, no. but don't come no. and talking shit. Fuck out of here. All right. Uh, uh, I'm trying to look for a short one, Christine. Could be the last one, and we'll fucking. All right. This is a fucking qu kind of a quick one. Adam G. To all, is there anyone that you are unwilling to work with? Which is a different question. We'll start with yeah. Christine because she got to go. <laughs> um. There's only really one person in this party that has caused me a bunch of strife who has attacked me personally. And despite that, and because I'm trying to be a bigger person, I'm not going to name that person. Um, but despite that, I still work with them. Um, you know, it's not about me. It's not about my personal goals. It's about the goals of the party. It's, a, it, it's about um, using each other for the skill set that you have. And, you know, I don't have to like you <laughs> to work with you um, because at the end of the day, you know, I look at this as a job. It's volunteer, but I look at it as a job. And when I go home, I'm not going home to you. So, um, you know, there's no one that I'm unwilling to work with. There's some people that will make it harder to work with. I think that's more of the key, the statement to be said. Um, but it's we need to work together. That's the only way that we can bring liberty and to get people elected and to do all the work that we're trying to do. 
Nice. Uh, if you got to bounce anytime, you could just you could just throw up the peace sign and go. We get it. We know. I, I alerted everybody. <laughs> They'll know. I'm gonna try and listen to their answers, and I already let David know that I'd be hopping from one to the other. So. All right, cool. If you, if you want to jump back in, if you're done and we're still on, you can. Yeah. We just use the same link, just so you know. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure how long that one's gonna go because we got Dan Fishman and and. Um, no, I, I, I'm just for the offers out there. If you want to, <laughs> I do appreciate it. that very much. Um, John. Uh, the only one I can say is probably Christine. That's fair. No, 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 right. no, 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 no. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Uh, no. What honestly, in the world? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, honestly, I will try to work with anyone I can. And, you know, if we have the same goal, I will try. I'll do my best. But honestly, if someone is really going to be an abusive jackass to me, I'm sorry, but there are times that you, you have to draw the line for your sanity. And, you know, it might not be, you know, say absolutely refuse to work with you. It's going to be, I'm sorry, breaks on, I'm done with you. Give it a time to cool down for both of us to cool down and come back and try and reapproach it later on. All right. Uh, Rob? There is one person in this party who has been a true bane and detriment to people, both personally and professionally, and I don't think should be a part of this party, and that is Ed Reagan. Fair. All right. Uh, we'll go with... Yeah, uh, Tim's question. John, do you regret those newsletter articles that you published without the committee's approval? So... <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, honestly, John, before you answer, I'm going to say goodbye. Two, and I hope that you guys are, five, mm, okay. I don't know if I hope, because that'll be some intense conversation. Um, I Maybe if you're still on, I'll come back. <laughs> no, that's totally, again, just join the same link that you have in the group chat. Thank you for having me on, Adam, in case I don't, I'm not able to make it back on. And, you know, thanks for the good um, Q&A, guys. Of course. See you, Christine. See you later. Bye. All right, John, sorry. Now she's gone. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, honestly. <laughs> I'll solo you for I, this because this is a direct question. The, <laughs> thanks. Um, no, I didn't anticipate the blowback that was going to come out of it. But honestly, to an extent, no. I I, I, I do regret the fallout that happened within the, uh, the newsletter committee. And I have expressed that, you know, my only real true apologies are to the the newsletter committee themselves. Um, but, you know, we were faced with a short deadline of, you know, getting this out, this newsletter out in time. And, uh, you know, before the before the new year, because the deadline for the next one, which should be in your mailboxes now, if it isn't already, uh, was literally a couple weeks after the, you know, into the quarter, because this had to go up for convention. Um, you know, we went with a formula and a format that was already in existence. And uh, as a committee, we came back and we tried to address these concerns. Uh, unfortunately, the board saw fit to take action before we could actually be given a chance to prove ourselves that we were going to, you know, listen and go a different route. So I'm only sorry that the board decided to act on a uh, reactionary basis instead of actually you know giving us a chance to shape this into something better that the membership wanted and i'll throw a shameless plug that the newsletter committee uh survey should still be up there lppa.org newsletter 
there should be a link for a survey. Fill that out. Let the newsletter committee, as it stands, know what you want to hear and let them actually fix this. Yep. Okay. Uh, Rob, anything on that you want to add? No, I'm just going to leave that alone. Okay. Um, this is this from a little before. Again, I'm fucking behind, so sorry. But Michelle Marino, Taroli, just uh, people that say I'll work with anyone and then want to torch and when oh Jesus Adam and then won't touch Liberty Projects or worse shit on them because of the names involved. So I'll believe that claim when I actually say it. Michelle, that's a fucking fair gripe, I think. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, we gotta, you know, proofs in the pudding type thing. Oh, what am I 80? Fucking says that. All right. Uh let's go to yeah, I know, right? That's why I just, I just, I just made that joke. And this, this, this is, by the way, this is why I'll point out. This is why I am good at comedy because I made that joke, and then John just repeated the same fucking joke right back to me. You know, I didn't know you made that joke. Adam, 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 I just want to say real fast on on that point. I don't really want to make a comment, but I just want to bring up Adam yeah. Gaelic's comment that's right here. Would you, oh, yeah, go uh, for it. John? Would you repeat your actions on the newsletter again if you could? I probably would have uh, exercised a little more caution if if we had more time. But on the other hand, I do want to uh, stress one thing that I said uh, in the last newsletter. Um, I believe the newsletter is an outlet for people and members of this party who normally don't get a voice. And it's an opportunity for them, for them to speak their mind and reach out to the party because, let's face it, uh, it's not very easy to get a hold of the board directors and maybe sometimes they don't have the ability to get involved with their county committee, but they still have an interest in what's happening. Um, I thought it was fair. And I will say once again, um, you know, Michael Heiss and many other people had a chance to reach out and to put something to the contrary. And they chose not to you know, put their point of view out there. Um, I would have accepted their own point of views as well. No, 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 no. And no, I would no, publish John. it hands down. Would no you put the articles out again that you put through, given the, if you had full permission and no ramifications, would you put them right. out again? Like, would you do it again yeah. if you, if there was no, okay. Because Thank I you. respect people's rights to have an opinion, Thank whether that we like all, that opinion that or not. Question. Thank That's, you. Okay. That's fair. Uh, Oh, I gotta get that out of there. Sorry. Uh, no, that's sorry. That was already asked. Oh, here's one from Ryan Bransky again. Are you? Are each of you willing to come collect signatures for the best candidate in PA, Liz Terwilliger? I drove four hours across the state to bring Liz two cases of beer. I would rather collect signatures for. That's true. <laughs> John, definitely. I'm sure your answer definitely. is yes. Yeah, I know. I know uh, I'm sure it means also yes. But I also got to work <laughs> on my candidate too. But definitely. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Fuck out of here. Question. Um, all right. This is interesting from the young bull, David Brady. Can they denounce wokeism as irrational and repugnant? I mean, I, I feel anyone, if it's really necessary to do that, I feel like it's, you know, is, uh, speaks for uh, itself. I think the whole idea of, you know, well, uh, I can't. I can't even comment on that one. That's <laughs> yeah. um, Ravasi Ryan Bruce is saying, "Is that a commit, Rob?" Yeah, Ryan, and I will absolutely collect signatures for Liz anytime. You let me know when and where, and I'll be there. Yeah, that was Ryan's question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, here's one from Adam Gay. Like fucking 
Adam, I'm giving you a lot of questions. Just remember that next time you want to <laughs> fucking ask a thousand questions that I don't want to hear in real life. Okay, so to all, how would you encourage motions to be workshopped outside of board meetings instead of workshops on the floor? Rob? Sure. Well, I think this is a role that our, our uh, chair would have. That is why you they are a de facto member of each committee. You know, I think the chair could facilitate a lot of work in the committees. But, you know, we have a lot of these different channels to go through. Uh, the you know the Thunderdome or or the email list or things like that, but it it I think it is up to the chair to figure out a way to get the the to figure out who has uh, a stake in the motions that are being presented presented and bringing those people together during the off time to ha to hash these things out in the in the meantime and 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 then we get to the meeting and we're not we're not debating this stuff for hours with you know this contentious uh, uh, spectacle for the entire membership to see so at the Part of my role as chair would be to to uh, facilitate people who are on different sides of things to come together and and hash them out in the meantime and come to an agreement before we even get to the board meeting. Then all we have to do is make a presentation and a vote up or down, and then and then that that I think that's about as good as we can get. Okay, uh, John. Yeah, I mean, if you have an idea and you're not on a specific committee. Go to the committee first. Work with that committee. Um, maybe they're already working on the idea. Maybe they've been stuck on a solution for that particular problem. Work with the committee first. And um, if the committee comes forward and says, hey, we work this work this out. We believe this is the best tool to get the job, get our job done. I'm all for it. Granted, you know, the chair can't actually say, you know, vote unless it's a tiebreaker. But I think um, you know it's an installation of <coughs> confidence in that committee to do what they need to do, and I think the board as a whole should respect that committee's autonomy uh, to you know know what they need to do to get the job done. All right, cool. Real quick, real quick, I gotta I gotta respect my chair, Mr. Joseph Issel. And he just wants to know why you guys think Bucks County is the best LPPA affiliate. And <laughs> the answer better be, Adam, because you're in it. I was like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Montgomery well, County I, I just gave me. going to be because of Adam. <laughs> no, no, it is. It is. I already Mo determined. <laughs> Montgomery County just had me out, and they gave me a full Monty, or they gave me a Monty Award and, and some silver. So I don't know, guys. I think I'll you got to up your dick. All What's right, better? Yeah. Hey. Well, Bucks County is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been to Bucks County yet, have you? <laughs> uh yeah rob have you that's what i thought that's what not I thought. a meeting now no. <laughs> you gotta come out no. to in the summertime for a meeting hell yeah you know, yeah it'd be fucking fun yeah. uh oh yeah all right all right john is the mises caucus full of racists and bigots from nicholas Zaleski? sorry if i fucked your name up <laughs> ah, big question uh, no, but no one's asking Rob straight of... up questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they were, I'd point them no, out. I don't think the caucus as a whole is full. Of the... I think that people who are exist in their caucus, but there are people that exist along those lines in every caucus and every party in this entire country, whether it's us, the Greens, or the duopoly. I think they all exist, but I think what needs to happen is those of us who have the ability to say to these people, hey, Fuck off. Need to actually do it. <laughs> you know, don't keep letting them, uh, you know, do the things that are not good, that are not right. I mean, we are in 
the year 2022. Racism, bigotry, homophobia, all that should not exist. <laughs> you know? Uh, it, yeah, leave that in the Xbox stuck. game chats where they belong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, a, uh, I'm, a, I'm an old head Nintendo, so yeah, I don't do the Xbox. Uh, Rob? Uh, Robert, that's not, it's not directed to you at all. I'm sorry. That was a John question. Uh, it, if I had any, you know what? If I truly was funny and had any true comedic timing, I would have a fucking, a hooded fucking cape fall out of my fucking closet right now. How funny <laughs> would that have been? God damn it. <laughs> so funny. All right. Now you you take your shots sometimes. All right. This is one kind of for Rob. That's kind of at Rob without being at Rob. Uh, this is from the niche, niche middleman. Uh, what does take you? If I put my glasses on, I'm like Samson. I get smarter. What does take human action mean? Every action that I have taken is a human action. What is your unique selling position? Well, so uh, obviously, take human action coming from the, our namesake Ludwig, Ludwig von Mises' great treatise, Human Action, in which the 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 premise of of that work and all of his work, the, the premise of praxeology, is that all action is purposeful behavior done to achieve. Um, ends that are that are perceived to be beneficial. So take human action means to to get out and 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 live in this this type of mentality where you are are striving to achieve ends that are beneficial and that are purposeful. Um, so take human action is uh, you know in this in this strain of things that we're doing to take purposeful, beneficial, and meaningful behavior towards the the ends of of, of freedom and liberty. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, sorry, I'm going through some new shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, one from Neil Bellevue. Are mean words a violation of the NAP? I know he's, he phrased that funny, but like I do, I mean, I do, I do want to actually, that's a good question. Well, they can be if they're untrue, if they're fraudulent, if they're misrepresentation, then absolutely. I think that – so I don't believe in things of intellectual property like patents. I think those are just a, a, a forced monopoly. Mm -hmm. But I do believe in things like copyrights and trademarks. So if you are infringing the property of somebody else – like if I have a business and I name it uh, Coburn Inc. And you come along and just start using my name and all of the goodwill attached to it, that's, that's theft. That's fraud. So yeah, words can be a violation of the NAP, but not not in in the ways that a lot of people think, you know, uh, uh, kind of in the ways of if you're actually stealing the you know someone's uh, uh, earned name and reputation that has meaning in the marketplace and things like that, then yeah, you are committing a, a NAP violation. But but mean words in and of themselves, no, I I, I actually thrive on them. Same. Uh, it's literally my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to an extent, you know, look at, you know, intent is, you know, it, it, what you're doing, Adam, as a comedian, there's, that's a whole different thing. Um, but if you're actually using those words and calling them F this and all that, but because you actually despise that person or because you despise something an intrinsic quality about them that's a whole nother thing and when you use language to uh instill or encourage acts of violence even though you are not perpetuating the acts of violence yourself you are encouraging others to take action based on those words um and i will say for the record pointing at someone and telling them to fuck off is not a violation of the nap or reason to lay hands on someone all right. Uh... <sighs> oh yeah, actually, that was a 
something, Bonnie, I was wanted to actually comment on that you said that. Um, John, it's you, obviously you're like, oh, you you being on stage is different. You would think everyone knows that, <laughs> <laughs> but like a lot of people here have seen my act, and I don't really say anything like offense, truly offensive. Most of it's making fun of myself or something like that, honestly. And I still get people come to me like, you know, I don't like that thing you said. I'm like, it happened to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry that event happened yeah. to me and you're offended by it. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm just telling right. my story. Like, I'm not lying about this. Like, so yeah, but people all the time, they don't give a shit. It's very annoying. So yeah, you would think, right. uh, fuck those people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 let me get one from Bonnie. Do you support stifling multiple individual affiliate voices in favor of one easily corruptible regional rep position for the board <laughs> of directors? Well, I thought that was directed at me. I, I... <laughs> I wonder um, what direction she wants me to go in that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, no, Bonnie, absolutely not. I believe I, 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 we are the the party of of decentralization, and and we should take that for you know take that example in our own structure. You know, the people who are who are living around each other amongst each other should define for themselves how they want to do things to the to the most that they can. And we should grant authority down the line rather than up the line as much as possible. Uh by the way, you guys are getting a lot of good points and stuff. I just I just not keeping up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Joe Slosky gave you a great answer, Rob. Sorry. I fuck whatever. Uh all right. Yeah, I, yeah. so I think that was based around a uh, bylaw proposal that I put forward. No, it um, was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so if I may, can I explain Yes, that of one? course. So what I'm looking with that one is a way to consolidate things. Um, yes, I know we talk about decentralizing, but uh, honest, let's, be, let's be honest. Uh, we're looking at an over 67-person board, if you include executive committee, plus every single county if we reach the goal of organizing every county. That can be a pretty crazy thing. Um, if we you know, went to a smaller size board, it wouldn't be taking voices away. Each, you know, the, the, what I put out there, each board, uh, each rep would still be a voice of their entire committee. Each region has their own say in how that person is picked and has uh influence on that rep you know it's not taking a voice away it's consolidating um and you know you're it's still each county still gonna have <laughs> each county still will have their autonomy on how they do things uh as far as elections and whatnot in their counties this is just uh consolidating the governing organization to make it a little more streamlined and a little more efficient yeah, there's a old saying: "Too many chiefs, not enough Indians." I think we're reaching the point where we have too many chiefs, and we need some more Indians. Uh, every time you can all get every time the not be politically correct there. Every time we centralize the federal government, we not only do we do we uh, take away autonomy of the states, but we then put this mountain of bureaucracy on the top. But by centralizing at the state level, we're not going to convolute this entire thing. All we're going to do is put it a few things in the hands of a couple people and make these giant bureaucracies that make it impossible for the the county affiliates to have a meaningful uh, say. So we have to 
always remain vigilant at, at focusing on decentralization and never towards the other direction. Yeah, I gotta agree. It's I I, I mean, John, I get what you're saying. I, I get it, but but it's it's efficiency would, is not the goal, right? It's it's like every county should have their voice heard on the board, a hundred percent. Like it just that's just the way it should and be. To an because because so you could. can. Well, not really. No, because then it could just become a popularity contest. Really, at that point, for whoever's fucking repping that. It, new counties whatever John, you want, you're, no, you know. no doubt it becomes more efficient but efficiency at right. the sacrifice of effectiveness is, right. is sometimes that's not how it works <laughs> so and this is one of those cases in my this is my opinion and rob's opinion but i mean obviously people will agree with you but but i just i just don't think taking away voices is also very libertarian to us <laughs> we should just keep at if i know it gets annoying but like counties should all have voices the least i'm not saying we should have com- voices on all committees but counties because that's way more important than some well, of these bullshit. in that model that I put forward, the counties would still exist. We're just talking about just the state board itself, you know. Not, I'd really not like to make a, getting a, rid of the county affiliates. I'd really like to make a point that I don't think anybody has made yet. And, and John, you mentioned at the beginning, and, and I agree with you that we're going through growing pains right now. And unfortunately, this is the stage between putting, you know, between JV and varsity, where we are. The state board is is plenty capable of doing what it's doing, but now we have to make our county affiliates as effective as our as what our state board can do, and 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 we have to make them just as meaningful and as as consistent. So while we're bringing these county affiliates up, we kind of have this this balance that we have to do at the state board and kind of deal with a lot lot of the growing pains of these county affiliates ourselves but the the end goal here is to get the counties to be doing exactly what the state board is doing and then a lot of this business moves out of the state so while we're in this transitional period where our counties are actually starting to take their first baby steps we have to be a little patient and be dealing with some of the convoluted stuff but we don't want to start going in the other direction and taking away uh, and centralizing we we just have to kind of bear the you know the the growing pains until they're able to stand up on their own two feet i think that's the solution that we got to get at rather than than saying that we're going to centralize now and then maybe uh, you know shed it off in the future um you know every time that's anytime the power gets centralized it never goes back down the other way um so i, I think we've got to be very careful about centralizing anything yeah i agree yeah. um and well yeah. just to throw out there one yeah. last yeah. thing on that uh i think too if we go to that regional model we're giving a voice now to people who don't have a county that's organized yet just a thought because now they have a voice I, yeah, John, I'm not saying that there's not upsides to it. I think that there is. Well, they already have a voice because their regional vice chairs get votes. So anybody who's not in a, an organized affiliate can go to the regional vice chairs already and have a say. So I, in, in fact, they probably have more of a say because they're the ones working with the vice chairs more than the c- counties that are already affiliated. I think that that's already there. But now, listen, I'm not to say that there's not upsides to your model. There is. There's there's efficiency. There, you know, um, there, there's a number of things that go with centralization. But I think that the we, you know. The burdens and the and the and the and the, the the downsides that we've seen play out time and time again when things centralize is is, is proof, uh, you know, um, proof positive that the centralization method is not something that we want to take on as a as a libertarian organization. Uh, yeah, fair. All right. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not ignoring you. I'm reading more questions on my phone. <laughs> it's just crazy. Uh, fuck yes. All right. <laughs> Shout out for Michael Heiss right here. Uh, get him involved because he keeps fucking pinging the same question. I see, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what is the biggest issue in the LP's culture and where do you think it comes from? Uh, we'll start with John. Um, I think the 
biggest uh, what is he I would like to know what he if you could clarify what he means by issue. Is he looking at um I don't know. I'm like, so far behind the track. Give me a minute. You know, say that. Ask him that. And um, by the time I catch up, he well, might yeah. answer you. All right. So, Let, let's get a clarification. I've, what do you I've, mean by issue, Michael? So I've, uh, I've had like, this. Uh, something for us to look at? Or do you mean like something within the party? Here, let, you know, like, we'll let Rob go first. Yeah, I've had this conversation we'll with Mike, so I think that I know John. what he means. So I think maybe this will clarify okay. it if, I, if you let me go first. Um, oh, so. Okay. Oops, yeah. Shit. So, so, um, <laughs> what I think, I think that I, I think that we have a huge culture problem in the in the Libertarian Party, and that comes from an identity problem. I think for the last fifteen years or so, there has been a methodology in place here that the 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 strategy that has been employed, and and this is not to 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 the you know to denounce or or or, or speak ill of the good or speak ill of the good work that the people who who tried this did, but the methodology was to go and meet people where they're at cater to their preferences but then not in, you know not finish the other side of the story about what the other whole piece of this libertarian thing is we met people where they were we catered to their likes but then when they came into the party and met the other side who came in from the different direction they were like wait a minute this isn't what i was told about this isn't libertarianism that you told me it was this those aren't real libertarians so we had this crisis of identity because we took this 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 message, this libertarian message, which is the most beautiful political philosophy that man has ever devised, and like we stuck half of it in our back pocket because we were too afraid of of offending somebody who came in from one side or the other. So by not informing them of the wholeness of what liberty, what what, what self ownership and autonomy is. We, we did them a disservice when they came in and saw the other half and said, wait a second, these aren't the people that, that, that you told me this was about. You told me this was this. You told me it was the thing I like. So we didn't finish the message. We were too afraid to, to stand on what we were. And then when people met in the middle and they clashed, and that caused a, a crisis of identity and culture. So I think that what we... What we need to do is meet people where they're at, but we must not be afraid to speak with them and let them know what the other half of this message is. You know, you can't have you can't have civil liberty without economic liberty and the or, or social liberty without economic liberty and the other way around. You have to have all you have to be free across the board and, and we have to let people know that. So I think that this is where that identity crisis and this culture crisis came from is that we didn't give them the full story of what it means to be an autonomous cell phone, uh, you know, liberty uh citizen all right uh he didn't write anything <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know okay, I kinda, I kinda see where you're going at, to, yeah okay, yeah, okay. I, mean, I mean yeah i i kind of see where you're coming from um yeah oh wait hold, so, on. hold, on, hold, on, hold on he did literally uh, just he just uh, popped up yeah you kind of reiterated do you see any issues or problems within the culture of the lp john that's that's pretty much it um the only, I mean, the biggest issue, yeah, I guess I could see right where you're coming from, Rob. Uh, yeah, we, we find a way to, you know, spin the message of what we want to convey to the left or to the right. But, yeah, then we get this clash in the middle. Um, yeah. I think uh, the biggest thing is for uh, both sides to let our guard down and actually discuss and find common ground and actually find a compromise in the middle of how to reach our common goal. We, you know, we're both right in our common goal. Our common goals are the same. Liberty, freedom for everyone, the rights of the individuals. Okay. We're all together on that, are we not? 
Yeah. Oh, I, I, so, I don't think that that's a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was rhetorical. Um, yeah. So, but the thing is, like, how do we uh, accomplish that goal? And I think, you know, where we are at as a society is probably the biggest problem. You know, we, we've advanced as a society pretty quickly, uh, probably not at a slow enough pace to really come to terms with everything. And I think we need to find a way to meet on a mutual ground. So, yeah, you know, we would love, you know, for example, the government to be out of um, education. But uh, let's be honest, just taking something and saying, hey, fuck it, rip it up, throw it up, blow it up. It's not going to be the result that we want it to be. It's going to be a huge shit show. So let's work together to find a way to balance that out. Um, I would say uh, a best example that I can speak from personal uh, experience is when uh, Pennsylvania banned uh, mental institutions like Penhurst. Uh, that fucked a lot of people over. A lot of people that I personally worked with uh, for a number of years um, in uh, you know facilities that do job training for adults with disabilities. When, when Penhurst was just shut down, it was literally like, hi, guess what? You're done. And they shut their doors and these people were on the streets. There was no transition. We need to transition. and we, But we need to be the ones ahead of the game and saying, this is how we can transition to meet our goal. Okay. Uh, all right. So these are two of kind of the same questions. This is from Joseph Van Wagner and Counseling Nomad. So I'm going to pull them both up, but they're kind of the same. So Counseling Nomad asks, do you believe the purpose of the party is to elect or to educate? Do you believe the party should house everyone regardless of whether they agree or ascribe to the party platform? And JVW asks, to all the candidates, uh, do you believe the party should be equally focused on messaging, activism, and training as equal as we focus on candidates? So kind of the same, you know. Uh, I'll pull I'll pull up each question if you guys need me to do again, but I'll just leave uh, JBW's up for now. But uh, Rob, to you. Sure. Uh, I believe that the party, the the objective of the party is equally candidates and activism. This is in our own PA platform, and this is something that has been tried to be removed from our platform, which I think is a very dangerous road to go down. In our platform, it says that we are to run candidates, we are to educate, and we are to, to perform activist activities. And I think that those are... At this point and where we are in the Libertarian Party, we need all of those to be able to, to get to the level where we can just be running campaigns as our messaging. We don't have the luxury of 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 real meaningful, uh, you know, um, high level, high profile, um, um, challenged elections right now. We're we're just not at that level. We need the local activism and education to change the minds and hearts of the people around us, who will then recognize when we put a candidate forward. We can't ju- if we just turn into a po- pure political machine, running anybody who's willing to put an L next to their name just to grow the object of the Libertarian Party name. Then we have lost our purpose, and this is no longer an organization that I want to be with. It is absolutely essential that we maintain our principles and our activists and our educational role while. Uh, while promoting candidates, I think these are three 
three three arms that are absolutely necessary right now and complement each other. So not, I don't think one any one is more or less important than the other, but we have to maintain and understand that right now we we as a party must maintain this this principled philosophical philosophical educational and activist role. Otherwise, we're just going to turn into a pure political machine, just like the other two major parties have. And they've lost they've lost their way, and I don't want us to lose ours. Good answer, Rob. Uh, John, I think both are equally important for sure. Um, I think personally, though, I think that more education needs to be stressed from the candidates themselves, um, you know, because they're the ones that are going to be out there in the spotlight and in the press, not us, not, not us and us as the party. You know, we can put all the press releases out there we want. And yeah, you know, they'll get some attention. But if you have someone that there's actually something at stake, uh, you know, there's actually, you know, an office to be won, I think that's where you get more attention. And I think we need to push the education, not so much from the party, but through our candidates. So in a way, we can balance both. But, you know, we still, you know, at the end of the day, we are a political party. The job of a political party is to elect candidates to office and, you know, let them be the messengers of education. Yeah, I like he, he, here's my like issue with like uh, not so much like the multi maneuver itself, but just like the idea of let's be honest, like the inspector of elections or whatever is like, promoting liberty in any way. Like no one goes to like that guy is like you fucking libertarian. Like what's your view on two A? Like it just doesn't happen. Like th- like I think we should focus like focus way more on council mayor shit like that that could actually change laws and 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 policy and not just again if it's open yeah fucking put your name in for sure <laughs> like for sure well, we should definitely be doing that but i i i i don't i don't think those smaller i can only think of like that one right now as like an example so, or like auditor i guess someone would be that's one. in that role i can speak to that yeah you're not in a position where you're policy making or necessarily educating but when they go to the ballot box every couple of years and they see that you're on the ballot as a libertarian and yeah, you might be the only one on the ballot or one of two and you know, ah, fuck it, you know, let you know, vote for you anyway. But then as they come back to the ballot box, the next couple of years, they see, Oh, that guy was the libertarian that I voted for. And in that role, you are basically making sure that those individuals are able to exercise their right to vote in the fullest we in a way are one of the f- biggest uh faces in as far as election integrity goes because you know we're the ones making sure that you're the person that uh is actually allowed to vote you know and to a lot of people especially republicans that's very important you know they want to you know i get people all the time in my polling place how you know it's me? All right, then show me your ID. Hmm. You know, but, but you know, I'll know from your signature. You, you see those signatures year after election after election. You know it's them, and you know, and you can have a friendly conversation. Great, you can't be political in the polling place, but you can have a friendly conversation, and you can still change that face and the nature of what people think about us from that, just from sitting at the table for fifteen hours of the day. <laughs> 
Adam, I just want to let you know I got about 10 minutes left. Oh, shit. Okay, fuck. Let's get to uh, okay, let's get the first question then. Uh, Cam Anarchy, uh, which regional reps would you support as chair and would you want them to remove LNC members for decorum or whistleblowing? Uh, John, we'll start with you. Which regional reps? Um, I, I guess I, I'm going to assume this is uh, for PA. National. Uh, national? I think it's national. Um, I haven't heard too many uh, national uh, folks. I don't, other than Susan Hogarth, I don't know anyone for our region. That that's where I'm mostly concerned as far as actual regional reps. Um, I don't know who else is running. I haven't heard anyone announce yet. Um, would I want to re- them to remove LNC members for decorum? I mean, we should be expecting a level of uh, professional professionalism i mean hell if you're gonna remove me for uh you know publishing something in the newsletter i sure as hell would think you want to remove uh someone from being a total douche canoe to people in general <laughs> uh whistleblowing I, I i i as far as whistleblowing goes though i mean whistleblowing is important if something is actually truly going on behind the scenes uh yeah i think you know give them some credit. you can't remove someone for calling out actual corruption um as long as they can prove it uh rob well i would absolutely not endorse susan hogarth again she showed time and time again that she votes for herself and she votes for herself and not for her constituency um to be quite frank i i don't care much at all about national until national gets its goddamn self in order um they, they have nothing to offer and they only seem to be getting in the way of the ability of, of state affiliates uh, to to govern themselves. They've seen multiple attempts this year at trying to 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 remove legitimate state parties uh, and replace them with ones that are, that are factionally desirable to those who have the votes. Um, I have no interest in, in, in associating with national until national gets itself well, well back in order. Um, um, as far as the decorum matter goes, um, I think that the national makes a bigger deal out of decorum to distract so that it doesn't actually have to perform any of the things that it's supposed to do. And so that it, it, it it's just a, it's just a, a, a another, uh, Washington, uh, soap opera. And, and I, I don't think it's very helpful now, as far as whistleblowing goes, if there's somebody who's who's legitimately committing some type of malfeasance like embezzlement, fraud, or or breach of fiduciary duty, which I think breach of fiduciary duty is the biggest one violation that we have going oh, yeah. on, which which I'm and I'm sorry to, to point you out here, John, but but what you did with the newsletter was not a decorum matter, it was a breach of fiduciary duty. And that's why I think Dr. Moulton was so upset about it, and that's why I think a lot I would of people disagree with well, well, I, I don't, I, I do not, I don't want to land Bastion on here, man. We already had that out there, but, but the, but the breaches of fiduciary duty at the national level is so egregious that that until this is resolved, we shouldn't even be dealing with them. I don't even like our our, our dealing with CRM with them and them having control of our information. I'm very, very wary of this. So, uh, yeah, national can go fuck itself until it gets itself back in order. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, All right. Um, oh, can I throw one more thing out there? Real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did not, even though uh, Karen Harlos, I know I don't see eye to eye with her on the things. I definitely did not agree with her being removed uh, for being, yeah, you know, for pulling out what she pulled out. So 
Just throwing that out there. All right. Um, I'm going to ask, I guess, a PA-related question because then Rob pretty much got to go. So from Adam's going to like this. Adam J, you get the last one, bud. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you can't ask the last. He just also asked the last question I see in the chat, too. No, I, you asked this a while ago. That's what you get. So you're getting this <laughs> uh, to all. This is how long ago this was. Christine was still here. Uh, as the most workshops of all the amendments to delegate bylaws, do you endorse the Thunderdome Amendment or some other amendment? <laughs> oh, John doesn't know what the Thunderdome Amendment is. Or do you? Is that no, the, the one he just put I, out I, there, I, right? Adam, is that the one you just put out onto like the into the thing? If it is, answer real quick because you're you're clearly watching. So if this is public, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hurry up. Uh, uh, I know the one. Allison, shout out to Allison, fellow Bucks. I know, I know one that I would absolutely oh, support yeah, is to yeah, is yeah. to publicize our meetings to 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 broadcast them. Uh, uh, publicly, I would oh. absolutely. Oh, okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree with the meetings thing. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. transparency is important. Yeah, so if it's the one, if it's the one about the meetings, yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, I don't see why we couldn't, you know, put our meetings on live stream them. I mean, Zoom does offer that option. Uh, there's. No I'm doing it right now. You know. <laughs> yeah. This is Streamyard. It's very easy. Yeah. I'm also for for removing ability of people out of state to to vote, um, and I'm I'm actually for taking away committee votes and going only with the uh, um, um, affiliate votes. All right. Uh, again, Rob, I don't know if you got more time, but um, I got five minutes. Oh, shit, I don't think I'm fucking. <laughs> God damn it! All right, Young Bull, do they think? Vermin Supreme is a good representation of the party. I asked the gauge how they view useful representation. <laughs> so shout out David Brady. Uh, uh, Dave, I just said, uh, Rob. Um, well, I don't think that Vermin Supreme is a good representation of the party. I think Vermin Supreme is a great representation of, of, of sat uh, you know, uh, uh, satirical libertarianism. There's a time and place for satire, but it is not when you, uh, something that if associated with the party, you know, if, 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 if Vermin Supreme represents the party, and the party is just a pure, pure satire and not a legitimate entity. So, if we want to have any real, you know, meaningful success and and change as a party, we don't want Vermin Supreme to be what people think of as the our our mascot. He is a he is a a, a fantastic satirist. Uh, but outside of that, we we must be very careful of how we associate him with the legitimate efforts of the party. Uh, John. So, for those who don't know, yes, I was involved with the Vermin Supreme campaign. So, um, based on the uh, based on the you know the way things are now nationally and the way people look at us, I think he uh, could have been a good tool. Uh, you know, I mean, sorry, but Adam, as a comedian, you should have you know downright respect for what he does <laughs> adam um you know uh, he brings out <laughs> he calls out the absurdity of the bullshit and the uh, of the authoritarian two-party system and he makes them look like the total buffoons they are i mean out of all of our candidates that ran in 2020 he was the only one that you found trolling every single one regardless if they were the democrats or the republicans um, he was at a Bernie rally, and when uh, AOC was uh, up there doing her thing, guess who you saw front and center right behind her? Berman Supreme. 
Yeah. No, no other candidate I, was out there. No other candidate was out there. And when people sit, you know, wonder, oh, what? who's that guy with the boot on his head? They go in, they look him up, and then that's how they get their entry into actually looking at who we are. Okay, so, so I, I think feel like – So the shock value works, you know? Where uh, – oh, okay. Okay, well, I, dude, I don't know because we're all got to fucking go. But, like, I think he's a fucking joke and shouldn't be taken seriously. In fact, I we, we campaigned to all block him on Twitter to stop making him relevant to anything because, truthfully, like, the matter of it is – John, I disagree with you where I think people go, who the fuck's the guy with the boot on his head? And then like, who's he running for? And they look him up and they go, oh, that's a joke. <laughs> like, oh, fuck that party. Same thing with the naked guy that's a fucking idiot on stage who was naked. Same thing. They go, well, what's this clown show? And they go, the libertarian presidential candidate. <laughs> they go, yeah, oh, fuck right. this party. Like, the libertarian primary. Like, <laughs> someone going, I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. I'd rather know, vote yeah. for the guy with the boot on his head than the guy that's saying he can shoot someone and get away with it, you know? Trump said that. Oh, exactly. but Trump's not libertarian. I don't give a yeah. shit about Trump. It's no. relevant. So like... But I'm saying, like, <laughs> for bringing the non-libertarians right. to us, that's where he's if useful. He he can draw attention to us. All right, we'll do last-minute remarks before we go. Uh, Rob, you got to go, so you go. <laughs> uh, vote for me because I am excellent. <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> uh, John? Uh, I'm going to say don't vote for me if you you know don't want to. You know, vote for me if you want to. Um, you can I'm vote for me instead. Going to do... <laughs> no, actually, I'm going to, believe it or not, I'm going to say I would endorse Christine if I wasn't running. Personally. Okay. Weird self endorsement. <laughs> no, just, just from you know, just from work, having worked together, um, she does a lot, and I think she'd be a great asset to this party. It'd be a shame to you know to not have her up there in the front. All right, guys, I got to take off to right, my daughter yeah, to bed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rob, John, thank you guys so much. Uh, right on. And Christine too, obviously she's not obviously jumping back on, but shout out to Christine. Uh, again, this will be up forever for all time. So uh, thank you guys. Oh, no. I'm going to let them go. Yeah. I'm going to let them go. Uh, but you guys, thanks for tuning in uh, again. Please subscribe to the YouTube. It's super helpful. Uh, drop tent.com slash store for fucking merch. This hoodie porcupine merch, all that shit. At Adam Nutter and everything, youtube.com slash Adam Nutter. Also, I do a comedy podcast you guys should go check out called Cult of Us. That's available on all audio platforms. I promise you, we don't talk about any politics. It's just joking around. Uh, YouTube.com slash Cult of Us for that. Thank you, everybody, for fucking tuning in. Sorry if I didn't get to all your fucking questions. Sorry. I tried. I really tried. I promise you guys, I fucking tried. It's chaotic. I was trying to focus and focus, and I'm kind of fucking high and dumb. So, you know, you get what you fucking get. Sorry. But thanks everybody for tuning in. And again, uh, I don't know. Go fuck yourselves. Love you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Find Adam on social media, Twitter and IG at Adam Nutter or Facebook and TikTok at Adam Nutter Comedy. And for podcasts and merch, check out www.droptent.com. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode.
This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.